Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to HCS Pro Talk, your weekly Halo Esports podcast. This is episode 122, Will, for the week of April 12th, 2020, which was yesterday. But that's okay because this encapsul- encapsulates, right? That's the word I'm looking yeah. for the entire week. Yeah, apparently, I can't speak really well all the time. Uh, my name is Josh, aka JK Fire, and this week I'm joined by the man I love. That sweatshirt so much. I love it too. I love that sweatshirt so much. Will, aka I am Mr. Mayhem in the Hippocampus sweatshirt for those who were just listening to the audio version of this show. Will, how are you doing on this month on this Oh my god, Minnesota weird Monday evening. Yeah, besides the snow, I'm doing okay. That's good. Um it was just weird walking outside and it was so at my workplace, it was literally sunny. Yeah. And snowing. Yep. I didn't I didn't get it. We <laughs> but, it, it snowed all day, so we're in Minnesota, for those who don't know. Uh, actually, let's let's first do this real quick. Uh, we are live as well, twitch.tv slash Talk. Thank you very much for everybody who is tuning in live to the live show right now. What's up, Big Fish? What's up, Vato Zira? Welcome, welcome. Also, uh, Zira, thank you for the follow last time. That was a day ago, according to what we're seeing. Thank you very much. Greatly appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it snowed all day yesterday. Like yes. all day and nearly all night, wake up this morning, driveways nearly cleared because sun was shining on it. And it's like, Hey, you know, Minnesota weather in April, it's weird. And then I get home. We don't get home. What am I talking? I, yeah. I got home from bringing my daughter home from daycare because I, I work at home, but bring the daughter home, put her to bed. I walk out. Oh my God. It's snowing again. What the fuck? And then it just stopped. Yep. And then it was sunny again. This was today. I don't... God, what a weird... What a weird state we live in. Yep. That's just Minnesota early spring weather, though. You never know what you're going to get. You, you, it's really... It's true. You never know what you're going to get. It's it's like... It's a real-life version of you'll have to wait and see. Yeah. That's what this is. That's what Minnesota <laughs> is in April and May for some time. It's unbelievable. Uh, Will, do you want to know what's coming up on this week's show? What do we got? On this week's episode, we have another org takes a competitive Halo break. It's unfortunate to see, but it's understandable as well. We'll get to that soon. We have plenty of tournaments and league recaps for the week. Will's going to go through all of those. We have our weekly topic uh, of what is one new multiplayer component you would like to see added within the Halo sandbox for Infinite, and how would it benefit the game? We have the Reflection Corner returning with more COVID-19 information along with a look back at MLG and Halo 3. Kind of a throwback to what we talked about last week. This is a little bit of a follow-up to that. It's funny because um, Adam Apicella, or however you pronounce his last name, uh, he actually put out these articles. He he found them on the old MLG forums, put, tweeted them out, and this ties directly back into what we talked to we talked about last week, which is awesome. Um, we have more details on the upcoming MCC Halo 2 flight. The CDL is officially back and with a new online format. We're going to talk about that and quickly about what happened just over this past weekend. Uh, our first look in details of the brand new PS5 controller. Will, I'm excited to hear your thoughts about this. Um, we have the Valorant beta information, including drop details. Will and I both got into that. We'll talk about that later. And finally, we round things out with a little more video games and some community creations. That's what we got coming up. So, without further ado, we switched up the format of the show this week. We're going to see how it flows. We can switch it back if needed, but we are a Halo-centric podcast. Therefore, Will, let's start with some competitive news. 
Infinite makes an announcement. This is by Infinite on Twitter, and I quote, Today is unfortunately the day of our exit of the Halo Championship Series. While our exit isn't a permanent one, and we will be back for Halo Infinite, we are on a hiatus from Halo. We'll, uh, we, will announce, we will be announcing our next steps as an organization within the coming weeks. One step that we can share is that we'll be hosting online tournaments during the time of this pandemic to give Halo players more opportunities to compete on a consistent basis. More details regarding partners as well as the games will be announced this coming Monday. Until then, I'd like to say it's truly been an incredible ride and the support from the community that I personally have been a part of since 2008 has been incredible to see. This is not the end for us when it comes to Halo. This game has changed my life for the better, and to be able to work with so many notable players has been a pleasure to say the least. We aim to be back and better than ever. We're going to work on our inner workings while maintaining a valued commitment to esports and content as a whole. For those reading who support Infinite wholeheartedly, please know that we are making the adjustments needed to bring what we have wanted to bring to our supporters since our inception of so much support. We may not have a team, but the ways we are looking to support Halo will continue. Thank you to everyone for helping make a guy's dream come true. Hashtag and beyond from Preston Red Ghost Divers. So there you go. Infinite is taking a step back, but we'll be back for Infinite. And in that announcement, it states that they're going to be running online tournaments. And they said more information on that on Monday. Today's Monday, Will. So while we continue on with the show, I'm going to look at their Twitter. I'm going to see if they announced anything. Um, but next news story, Hydra Gaming announced a tournament. This is by Hydra Gaming. Halo 5 4v4 female tournament. It's on May 2nd at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And there's a Google Doc you can check out in the show notes of the show. It's like Google Docception all over again. But it's in there. You can check it out for more information. The next news story. Europa Halo is looking for feedback. This is by Europa Halo. European Halo players, once we finish the season of the Europa Double Series, would you like to see a similar league for the 4v4 format? Here are the poll results. 4v4 got 76.9%, 2v2 got 19.4%, and other got a 3.8% where they asked to leave a comment on what you'd like to see. So it maybe they're going to do a 4v4 next time instead of a 2v2. We'll have to wait and see on that one couple more news stories for you. First up, uh, Halo Australia announces a pro league. I've always wanted a pro league back. Will knows all about that. Uh, But Halo Australia, they announce a pro league. This is by Halo Australia, obviously. This is on their website. And I quote, The pro league will consist of community-run online 4v4 tournaments in both Halo 5 Guardians and Halo the Master Chief Collection with a $4,000 prize pool. Registration is open to anyone in Australia or New Zealand. In addition to the prize pool, each online tournament will also offer pro points, which will seed further tournaments and crown a champion at the end of the league. The first tournament will commence on April 26th and will alternate between Halo 5 Guardians and Halo the Master Chief Collection, Halo 3, each fortnight. Therefore, 26th is Halo 5, May 10th is Halo 3 on MCC, May 24th, Halo 5, June 7th, Halo 3 on MCC, and June 21st is Halo 5. Halo 5 tournaments will be streamed on their Twitch channel, and here is the pro point structure. First with 1,000 points, second with 750, third with 500, and fourth through eighth getting 250 points respectively. And for the prize distribution, each tournament will offer an $800 prize pool totaling $4,000. The prize distribution is as follows. 
First, we'll take home $400. Second, we'll take home $300. And third, we'll take home $100. And the final news story of competitive news. Tashi provides a little more context. This is by Tashi. So this is a reply to a Moses tweet that was put out where there was a little bit of negativity thrown in. And uh, Tashi wanted to try to clear the air a little bit because it has been quite some time since we've had any information as to what their plans were going to be during this time, right? So Tashi said, there are MCC online tournaments coming and in the works. Currently, the lawyers are sorting out the final pieces of paperwork, so we can't announce anything until that's done. So there you go. And then people were asking about Halo 5, and he he replied to that. This isn't direct quote, um, but he did reply with, "We we are seeing that there is um a, like a a new love for Halo Five going on right now, but these tournaments are going to be focused around MCC. That's that's what he said. Just concrete. That's it. Um. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see if we get anything in regards to Halo Five stuff. Who knows? But we'll." That's it for the competitive news. Upcoming tournaments of the week presented by NoobCombo.com. Check out NoobCombo.com for all your Halo esports needs. On Saturday, April 18th, Bamalan Halo 5's Money 8 tournament. This is online. Um, so there is a Penn Halo LAN event that is listed on there on the website. I did not include that in here because I don't know if that's going to be happening anymore considering social distancing. So, I don't know. Um, but this one is online. Bamalan Halo 5 Money 8's tourney. You can check out the tweet in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show for more information on that. And then on Sunday, April 19th, we have Tourney Times Jack of All Trades Halo 5 2v2. That'll be taking place as well. Um, And that's it for your upcoming tournaments of the week. Will, what do we got next? Rustermania! Usually we have some roster mania, but nothing to report on at this time. Womp womp. No, nothing major coming out since last episode. So it's okay. Um, con- considering we don't have any major events going on right now, I wouldn't expect. Right. Yeah. I just like to hear the sound bite. You, I know you do. That's <laughs> that's all it comes down to. Uh, but Will, you do have a ton of tournaments and league recaps. What do we got? All right, let's get started. Uh, first up, we have the Europa Halo Double Series Week One results. And we'll start off with Division 1. Cartel GG went up against uh, Swangin' 64s, and it was a 3-0 to Cartel GG. Uh, next up, we had Krogan Virus versus Austrian Force. 3-1 to Krogan. It's Krogan Virus. There's yes, a, yes. They threw an A in there. Um, it was 3-1 to Krogan. Uh, Mocket went up against Bread and Haggies. I'm confused here. It says 3-1 to Black and White. Oh, did I misput the thing that on That might there? be Bread and Haggis, I'm assuming. And then Dinnerino GG versus Bread and Haggis, 3-1 to Bread and Haggis. Yeah, let me just, you know, fucking copy-paste. <laughs> All right. Correct spot. In Division 2, looks like we had a Beetlenut versus Team Quarantined. It was 3-2 going to Beetlenut. Close series. Next up, we had Zuspenny versus Jump Out Gang. It was 3-0 to Jump Out Gang. Um, Omojo Gaming versus LAGR Gaming, or Lager, maybe. Yeah. Um, it was 3-1 to one going to Omojo. We then had Demonica 
100% real plum daddy. What a name. Versus Schur's Esports. It was a 3-1 to Schur's Esports. Nice. Next, oh, go ahead. Uh, just two things. One, um, week two is currently going on for the Europa Halo Double Series, and I watched some of the matches that took place over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more close series. Like, a lot more three twos were happening. Yeah. A lot more. Um, and then also... Uh, Vato Zira asks, so if I want to get my name out there for infinite, should I practice on Halo 5 and make videos on Halo 5 or MCC? My two senses, I would just make Halo content in general. Just that's one of the biggest ways to get your name out there and remain relevant within the scene is compete in the community tournaments that are happening every single week. The ones that you can compete in, because that obviously gets your name out there to your competitors. And then on the content creation side, just make it content in any Halo, really. Just make Halo content. It doesn't need to be anything specific. You can do, if you stream, you can do highlights. People like stream highlights, clips, so on and so forth. Um, you can make like map guides, like Shyway's been doing with mechanics and whatnot. Kill, like absolutely killing it over there. It's the world's your oyster. Just make Halo content. That's what I got. I'm sorry, Will. No, well said. Well Thank said. You. All right, next up, we had the Asia Halo Club Halo 5 doubles tournaments results. In 5th through 8th, we had F Junior Abbey and Yuki 608 Agar. I don't know if that's supposed to be something else, but or it's pronounced different, but that's what it is. Um, also, in 5th through 8th, we had Kuo Joe and Desperado. We had Grim Reaper DK and Lawrence Albert. And then... Hmm... I know, I'm this, sorry. This could have been... It looks like Pop 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 Po 442 and Yukihiro 2511. Perfect. In third and fourth, we had Koro 12 and Vermouth 616 and then Team DH Maple and Vive, or Vivi 77519. There, I said the numbers for you this I'm time. So, I'm, I thank you so much. <laughs> I, I remembered last week when I just said, and a lot of numbers, and you're like, I took the time to type that out. I'm like, all right, all right. Oh, I love you, Will. In second place, we had Hayao and Mon- M- Miko, Miko, Miso, I don't know. It is your interpretation. And then in first place, we had Most64 and Poe21. Um, shout out to Lawrence Alpert in competing in that event. He was, he go, he's been, um, he went to worlds, I think. I'm like not to compete, but like as a spectator, I think he was a spectator at worlds Gotcha. and he follows the show. Nice. Yeah. So absolutely shout out to Lawrence. He, he was the one that was trying to, um, get halo esports more relevant in the Asian space. So very nice. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. All right, next up we had Halo 2 Real Ones Project Cartographer FFA results. And here we go. In eighth place, taking home $25, it was Rage. In seventh, also taking home $25 was Gunshot. In sixth, another $25 prize is Havoc. In fifth, we had Hurricane, taking home $25 as well. In fourth, the money gets a little better. 100 100%. 100%. 100%. <laughs> $100. $100 went to Red Shot. Third was Ace, who took home $200. Second, Neighbor. $300 and first went to Stormy, 500 bucks. They got 100% of that $100. They did. That's that that's did. what that is. Or hopefully they did. I mean, unless they didn't, in which case, I mean, taxes suck. So, well, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? Silo says, shout out to the real ones. Absolutely. Uh, for those who don't know, 
Will, do you know what Project Cartographer is? It sounds familiar. I should know. No, you're fine. Uh, Project Cartographer is like a better version of Halo 2 Vista on oh, PC. So it's it's, it's it. Halo 2 on PC. Got it. Yeah, that's what that is. All right. Absolutely, Vato. No problem, man. Moving on, we have LFTG Halo 5 2v2 results. In 5th through 8th, we had Lil Will and Dude, Bumper Jumpers. you got a Lil Bro in guess, the tournament? I guess so. <laughs> it's crazy. I saw that, and I'm like, I have to say something. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also had El Halo Elite and Scariotic, uh, Sylvanic, and F is for Fate, and then Box Rippin' and Revelocity. In 3rd and 4th, we had the Gold Star BR and Guitar Hero Dude, and then Bacon Bide? Bacon Blade. Bacon Blade. Oh. Wait, Bacon. is that an I? Did I put an I in there? There's an I. Bacon Blade and Ryan Noob. In second place, we had Vemzy and Pyretic. And then first place went to Bound and Renegade. Uh, Bound and Renegade took home 60 bucks. Uh, second place with Vemzy and Pyretic got 40 bucks. Moving on to the Pen Halo 3. Pen Halo Halo 3. <laughs> 2v2 results. So Come many on. Halos. Oh my gosh. In seventh through eighth, we had Habs and Godsnipe. And then Adamant and Squash. So here's Adamant Squash is the team name. Oh, they didn't. It didn't say who the players were. I thought okay. So if there, if there is an and in there, then it's the two players. If there's not, then it's the team name. I'm sorry for the confusion. Nope, all good. Fifth through six, we had a man, and then what is this? I'm gonna guess pitted. Okay. And radar kid works for me. In fourth place, we had uh, team two warriors. In third place, we had Jonas Bros and Feeling Thing for You. I think that's uh, that team must have been cheating to get third because the Jonas Brothers are three people. So, oh, look at that. Get my joke there. I got you like that. Yeah, yeah. Get, guys, for for everybody out there who doesn't know what the fucking Jonas Brothers are, mm. it's three brothers. And I said they're cheating because it's a two v two. Get it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Second place was Astro and. Drew.com, and then first place went to Preston in Distress. There's so many tournaments. There are so many. People, that's the funniest fucking thing, is that people are thinking, man, how are you guys going to be able to do a show with, like, no content, right? Fucking what? What are you talking community about? Community tournaments. So many community There's tournaments. all of them. All right, moving on. We have the big old boss with a ton of S's after it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I... <laughs> Did you? Was that a mistype or did that no, happen? No, that's literally it. It's just I didn't think you were going to do it. <laughs> well, there you go. Big old boss, Halo 2, 1v1, Tournament of Power. Jesus, Damn, what a name. fucking just top tier content right here. All right. So we have team names. Or is this? Oh, no, it's a 1v1. Yeah, it's so a it'll 1v1. be their gamer tags. Yep. In 5th through 8th, we had Ron Drip Sweat, Morningwood, Control, and Jacko. In 3rd through 4th, we had Shook and Revenya Engine. Second, taking home $25 is Chewbacca. And in first place, taking home 100 bucks, Sunny Bunny. I hope that tournament took place on Sunday because that would have been perfect. Sunny Bunny winning on... Anyway. <laughs> uh, Halo Pro-Am Series, Halo 5, FFA, tournament results. Sixth went to Hot Nut Cake. Fifth was uh, Anfernee. Fourth, Benzie. Third, F is for Fate, taking home 30 bucks. Second, the Gold Star BR, taking home $40. And first was Mr. Soul Snipe. Take it home, 60 bucks. Nice. And yet there's more. Blue <laughs> Team Tournaments presents Halo 5 FFA results. In eighth place, 
uh, Sabinator or Sabinator. Seventh, F is for Fate. Sixth, Rhino. Fifth, Shabby Dagger. Fourth is Bards. Third, Legend, taking home 30 bucks. Second, the Gold Star BR, taking home 60 bucks. And first, Mr. Soul Snipe, again, taking home 120 bucks. And that does it for our tournament and league recaps of last week. Back-to-back wins. For Soul Snipe. And the funny thing is, is that that tournament took place back-to-back as well. Both, uh, yeah. Because uh, he's just, he's crushing it. Yeah, it's crazy. And then Gold Star BR getting second in both tournaments too. Hot damn. FFAs can be so crazy. Oh where my God, it's unbelievable. Even if you have a really good player, they mm-hmm. might not take first just because the chain of events that can happen in an FFA could just right. steamroll someone off the off the start and they have this huge lead or um, maybe, and it's all got to be part of the process to think, okay, these two players are fighting. I need to go steal a couple kills. Right. But it's, it's, it's that weird thing where like, Someone in second or third place could do way more damage than the first place winner, and it's just they're they're stealing kills or getting out those couple shots, and that that finishes it off. You you make a perfect point because I think that's how uh, I think there was an interview with Ryan Noob after an FFA, and like they were talking about how he would play, and that's I think it's basically what he would do is he would wait, and if there was a gunfight going on, he would take the person who's weak, and he'd make sure he gets the kill. He would mm-hmm. get the kills that matter. That's yeah. it's as simple as that. Yes. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Um, all right. Will, should we move on to our topic? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome. So the topic of the week this week is what is one new multiplayer component you would like to see added within the Halo sandbox for infinite and how would it benefit the game? So I know people were going to fucking do this and I asked people not to do this, but they did it anyway. It's fine. We'll talk about it. We're, we'll, we'll, have a, we'll have a deeper discussion about this specific thing later, like another week or whatever. But I asked people to refrain from touching on the Halo BR, the Battle Royale subject, because it's been beaten to death before, but it'll be a further topic later. But Paul She, of course, you know what? Just because he did this, Pula, I'm going to say his name like that. Just because. No, I'm just, I love you. Um, So he said, okay, a Halo ODST BR, feet first into hell. Everyone landing in their famous black drop pods. Starting weapon being the silenced SMG and pistol. Like in the sense you get out of the pod equipment and uh, like in the sense you get out of the pod and ready to go. So there isn't that aspect of landing and having no weapon. Maybe limited ammo to start. They don't have armor, which can be added into the game for an armor aspect of the BR. Have a health bar, which add health packs, health kits uh, to heal. So little health or... Uh, okay. All the weapons are there needed for the game with things can be added into it due to the Halo universe being so huge and the ODST are pretty much mini Master Chiefs before they actually earn that rank. Vehicles include the hogs and such, but for the love of God, all I ask is that they can be destroyed very quickly. Agreed, because they're based off my very, very, very brief time playing Warzone and watching people play Warzone, those vehicles are tanky. Oh, yeah. And so, it's hard to shoot people out of those. Yep. Go ahead. Um, another aspect, when PUBG Mobile first came out, that was the strat. Jump in a vehicle and just drive around the whole time. They they couldn't kill you in them. It took forever to destroy, and you just got to run everyone over. Well, that is good to know. I'm glad I never played PUBG Mobile. Um, played two games, 1-1. One, one. Did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's tough on mobile. It's so, the, the movement's so clunky. And oh, yeah. Oh, there's bots for sure. Okay. There's there's definitely bots. Oh, hey, a win's but, a win. Yeah. You know, you take those. You take them when you can get them. Exactly. Um, Silos replied with, funny enough, base Halo 4 pre-patch might actually be the quote-unquote best settings of a Halo Battle Royale, assuming you want the game to play like other Battle Royales. 
Slow kill times, random weapon drops, maps that have plenty of uh, places to hide. If you played one life multi-team, you basically have a Halo Battle Royale. And Silos, you also brought it up, I believe, during the community play date before as well. So, all right. Lord knows I love me some Halo 4. Um, Heavy Rainfall states, since I asked the question, quote, will Halo Infinite uh, be an arena shooter or a traditional shooter, end quote, I've been looking at things I love about arena shooters that I would like to see, and there are two things now on my wish list since the last time we discussed it. One, faster raw combat. No time to kill or sprint. I mean, the uh, not time to kill or sprint. I mean, the ability to move while shooting. I love in Quake, I'm getting from point A to point C fast, and it always feels tight. Halo 5 was such a fast-paced game at times, I would love to see that improve and have maps that complement the speed. Less long hallways and more open areas in corners, walls, or placements. And two, horizontal-focused maps. Vision. Take one side of boarding action and turn it into a circle with a big space hole in the middle still. Six-story buildings with teleports at the bottom and holes that uh, lead down. One horizontal map for every five vertical map. Six stories might be much, uh, but uh, three or four might be ideal. Okay. Uh, Europa Halo states, a tournament feature like StarCraft, Smash, etc. that you can go 1v1 or 4v4 in a daily tournament at competitive or fun settings. Earn rewards as a result, such as weapon skins, armor, or credits in-game currency. Modern Warfare d- did that um, when the CDL launched. Yes. They had the gunfight tournament, and it was really fun because you got put in a bracket, you got rewards for the higher you placed, if whether it's a like charm or calling card, and the further you got, the more rewards you got. So, yeah, it was, it was nice to kind of, A, be in that tournament aspect, that competitive aspect, and then get rewards for doing it. Absolutely. So. Couldn't agree more. I think an in-game tournament thing would be really, really cool. Uh, I think it would just, I think overall it would just promote longevity of the game too. It would give if there if the tools are there and at the ready from day one, I mean even if it takes a little while for the tools to come out, if they're all implemented within the game itself, excuse me, think about how easy that would be for communities to like the the community run tournaments, the organizations that are already making them, think about how much easier it would be for them to throw tournaments more often, bigger like more amount of people, official brackets within the game itself. Like, how cool would that be? Um, High Tech Redneck states, something I think that needs to be an infinite would be a veto system. Doesn't have to be a voting system like we had at the start of MCC, just a simple Halo 3 type veto system. I think it'd help with the issue of people quitting if they had some kind of say in what mapping game type was played. Would also give 343 more accurate data on what maps aren't as popular rather than trying to base that on player behavior like they've mentioned doing in Halo 5. I agree 100%. Halo Infinite needs to have a map voting, a vetoing system. To go on top of that, let's move to Twitter. Chunk to do states map veto. It would benefit the game by giving direct feedback instead of manky per, uh, inferring map preference from quit rate, something loyal fans don't do. It's prof states totally agree with the map veto system. It has to be a thing. And pious rampage replies with sometimes things make so much sense. It just becomes crazy talk. Um, Louis V Titan states, would love for Social Slayer to have more medals and announcer VO. I think it'd be fun arcade-style Halo. Nice. And then finally, Osprey states, in-game tournaments, much like COD does with gunfight tourneys oh. and Fortnite does with their competitive scene. For people that can't attend lands and don't have a big list of people to rely on for AM tourneys, it would be a good way to get experience on a bracket. Absolutely. motherfucking lootly. Will, what is one thing you would like Gosh. Um, and if it's, if it's something that's been said, go ahead. You know, I, 
I was thinking about this and what I enjoy in the current Halo mm-hmm. is I do enjoy the kill time that's there, the time to kill, the five shots. It feels good. It makes makes it more tactical. Um, I kind of like, was it Dave that said more places to kind of hide on these long hallways? Um it might make for some more fun movement, like put a box somewhere where sure. someone could just like dip behind a corner real quick and pop back out. It's one um, of the reasons why I like Plaza a lot on Halo 5 is that in bottom mid, right, you have the cars that are sitting there and whatnot. Yep. So they, people won't camp there, obviously, but it's a nice cover diversion. Like if you need to get from point A to point B, you can always just get there. People, but there's still ways you can get killed because you can throw a grenade underneath the vehicle and yeah. still die. So I, I think that's a great trade-off. Yes, I completely agree. So more of that on some maps. Sure. Because um, you can say like moving from on truth, say you're like you're rotating around. It's very open. Yep. It's very like there's not much map variation and it kind of gets boring to look at after a while. Sure. So maybe just something fun. Well, considering there. you're looking at midship for the fifth well, or yeah. sixth time. No, right. I under, no, I get it completely where you're coming from though. So just some variance. Um, Absolutely. So I do agree with that, with having some some map variance. Um, the veto system, I get. Like, people want to play what they want to play. Yeah. Um, it could help. I don't know. It, it's still going to – I don't know if it will help people quitting, though, because some people really like the weird maps that others – that the majority doesn't like. There's sure. Those people then will might quit on the, on the more popular maps. Oh, I've played – say truth for the third time in a row. Right. See ya. Right. Um, you never know. Um, but I, I don't know. I think for me coming from Halo 5, it's hard for me to say, okay, this is what Halo's been for so long because I just know Halo 5 the most. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's anything new that I think like needs to be there. Maybe, I know like I want the abilities taking out, taking out in, in, you know, Spartan charge ground pound doesn't work. Yeah. Um, Can you see them being used in an implementation that does work? Or do you just think they should be gone? I think they should be gone because coming from the competitive side, Mm -hmm. yes, like ground pound can take skill to use, but it's kind of a cheap kill. Yep. Like if, like for me and then Spartan charge. So is that. Yeah. Spartan charge, like, I hate when someone's just running around a corner and they just bull charge you and you have no time to react. Right. Um, granted, you should see them on the mini-map, but if you're engaged in a fight, sometimes you're, you're concentrated, and I right. just hate Spartan charge. Um, if you're going to hit me in the back, assassinate me. Get, you have to get that close to, to get the kill or just shoot because you are you should be shooting. You should be guns up coming around a corner anyway. You shouldn't be charging and running like that. Right. Bugs me so much. I don't. Um, I don't I'm right there with you. So... What does Halo, what needs to be added to Halo for Infinite to succeed? I don't really know at this point. Um, It's just, what is one thing that you want? One thing that I want. Yep, and how would it benefit? Um, And fuck it, you can say BR if you want to. A battle royale? Yeah, you can say (laughs) it if you want to. That's not like to the, BR... uh, VR could benefit the game yeah. by bringing people in that normally wouldn't play Halo because, um, like, I would have probably never touched some some of these, like, weird games unless they had, like, the BR aspect. Right. Like, um, what was it, the Paladins one? Mm-hmm. Paladins had that BR, the Realm Royale. Realm Royale, yeah. I, I jumped into that to try it out. Yep. 
Um, it could bring people into the game, and if they like it, maybe they play more Halo or different modes. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I don't think it needs a BR. It's I want one. I think it'd be cool. I've come around to it. It a lot of people go back and forth and saying, "Oh, it would detract from the normal game," but how it's its own separate mode right it wouldn't it, i don't think I don't it think would it, i don't think it really would no um a veto system i get would be nice i get you get to play the you get to at least have a say in what you play next yeah um but i don't know i couldn't come up with anything off the top of my head or just even thinking about it like i honestly don't know because the the base game could change like what's in the sandbox what's not right um like the I get annoyed with the plasma pistol, but it's always been there. It's been it a has. thing. It, it's a way to counter overshield, but it really sucks. It, <laughs> yep. Um, I would say if there if there one thing needs to happen in the sandbox itself, I would say take the energy sword out of any competitive playlist. Like okay. I get I get annoyed. Um, like what? Uh, on on uh, competitive on arena or on Slayer for yep. rank. There's a energy sword, top mid on truth. Yep. And I hate it. Take it out of anything competitive. Okay. There. There's my one thing. Okay. What about you? You probably got something good cooked up. No, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> that's that's the really shitty part is that I don't. Uh no, it's I think that's that's the thing is that people have already said what I want. And I can't really think of anything new that Halo hasn't had before. Right? Because when I think of things that Halo had before. A lot of it's detrimental in my mind, like the ground pound, like the Spartan charge. In my in my mind, preferable competitive settings would be no radar at all. But yeah, Halo 5's the the last iteration of Halo Five competitive settings was pretty goddamn great. I I always thought about this because we never saw it. But what would Halo Five competitive look like played at that high of a level without radar with the advanced mobility? It'd would, be right. Would you it'd get be tough? Would you get more like? We saw we saw flag capture the flag games end in thirty seconds. Yeah, if you couldn't see someone boost across your base or something, would that you know what I mean? Would would we see quicker flag caps? Would we see more flanks, more people hiding in corners just to avoid right um, missing someone coming across their screen? Would it speed up the game or would it drastically slow it down? Right, I, I was always curious at that high of a yeah. level because we saw what. Splice was able to do. Oh, yeah. So if there was no radar there, would they have been more dangerous or would have the other team slowed down more because they knew no radar was there? Right. I'm, I'm really curious. But yeah, that's... Hmm. Sounds like somebody should do a community tournament and take off radar completely and yeah. see what the fuck happens. Um, before, I, before I say something, uh, Vato states, I remember when we used to say vote uh, veto for BRs, uh, not only that, but also in social matchmaking in Halo Three, it would always be veto for shoddy snipes, and like there was this, there was this hidden, uh, like there's this unwritten rule. It's like a rumor that, like, uh, um, that if you waited until the last second, when the last, like the last one or two seconds was going to tick by mm -hmm. in the in the vetoing timer, uh, if everyone did it at the same time, like with one or two seconds left, then it would go to shoddy snipes all the, like right away. Really? Yeah. And believe it or not, it worked like it, in my mind, it worked like 90% of the time. So it's like, Oh, this must be true that this is real. Weird. Yeah. It's just one of those weird things. that's like spoken into existence, you know? So everyone does it then. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know. 
Um, I don't know if that's ever true, but it felt like it worked. So there's that. Uh, what one thing that I'd want. So Uh oh. He's cooking something up over there. This is bad. Uh oh. This is really bad. So um so Silas before I say anything, Silas said, Yeah, so Vado, you're right. Yeah, everyone waited to the last second, right? Isn't that crazy? Like I'm I've yeah, I thought I remembered that. So Silas says no radar tournaments, eh? This was back when ARs was in, but this was done back in 2016. And he provided a link. That link goes to Envy versus Luminosity on the Beyond Invitational. Interesting. We'll have to go back and watch that. I mean, AR starts, though, but they had their pistol, right? They would just switch? He, no? People would use ARs. Really? Oh, they were overpowered. That's right. It was. Oh, yeah. They were came, very overpowered in the I mean, I beginning came, days. I came in post-patch. Oh, that. yeah. When that game so. launched, whoo, whoo, boy, it was something special. I, I still, for the life of me, cannot believe that we that I lived in a time where automatics were the competitive start. Were the competitive start. I can't, like, man, what a fucking time to be alive. Uh, okay. The thing that I want to see. Are you going to go like Halo 4 loadouts on us right now? I am. Oh, you're dead on. You're dead fucking on. No, it's I, my prop. Okay. You know what? I, I get a lot of shit for this and I, it's fully understandable. Um, it's fully understandable. The hate that Halo 4 gets in a competitive sense because that game's not competitive. Okay. Halo 4 is not a competitive video game. It's just not. That game is the when everybody says, "Oh, it's it's the best Call of it's the best uh Call of Duty like Halo whatever." Or, yeah. yeah, you know. It is. In my opinion, it is. It's it's my favorite Call of Duty game that's a Halo game. It and the funny thing is, this is going to sound so fucking stupid coming from me, but that game still feels like Halo to me. We've talked about it countless, countless times on the show. Every Halo is a different game. Every single one. Halo 1, uh, pistols, spawns, grenades, like everything was special to that game, right? Halo 2, the BR, um, the button combos, maps, sure. Like everything was special to that game. Halo 3, Halo 4, Halo 5, Halo Reach, all, everything to those games were special to those games, right? But when you play them, to me, it still felt like Halo. So felt like I was playing a Halo game. Yes, they were adding more upon the advanced movement things more and more, but it still felt at its core like a Halo game. The loadout portion of Halo 4, and again, this is not competitive in any sense, but just... The, the loadouts in the multiplayer suite allowed me to play the way I wanted to. It gave me more options. And the reason why I didn't like it so much in Halo Reach is because, and this is going to sound terrible, they didn't go far enough like Halo 4s did. So with Halo Reach, right, you would choose, you would basically have your choice of your starting weapon, and your armor ability. 
That's it. And nine times out of 10, people would either do sprint in your starting weapon or jetpack in your starting weapon. Those are the two that basically everyone would go with. When you're playing, when people are going for try hard and not completely social, right? Sure. With Halo 4, the beauty of the loadouts in that game for me came down to they had Call of Duty style perks where I can have two primary weapons. I can have an AR for close range fights and a BR for medium and long range fights every single time I spawned. That's fucking awesome. And then the other perk that I had was I swap weapons quicker and I reload quicker. Sure. So it doesn't, my weapons are not stronger than anybody else's. It just makes me more viable in gunfights. And the thing that I love, the thing that I want to be in Halo is I want to be more viable in gunfights and better for my teammates, right? Allowing me to play the way that I want to with those loadouts was one of the reasons, and it's still one of the reasons why I love playing Halo 4's casual multiplayer. I just love it. And during the community play date, Silos was talking about like, he he like semi-joked about me being really good at Halo 4's multiplayer, right? And then we played a Reach game or something and he was top of the leaderboard and then I cracked a joke at him and said like, oh, am I not the only one who's good at a bad Halo game? Right? Because yeah. I don't like Reach. But it's just, I'm getting off topic here, but if there was something that I could bring in, and again, not competitive at all, but just in the, in the social like uh, playlist, if I, if I have the opportunity to have custom loadouts, now people are not going to like that at all. No, nope. like they wouldn't like that at nope. all. And I know, and I get that. I fully get that. It's just, yeah, I really, really enjoy. I love Halo 4's casual multiplayer. I love it a lot. This, the weapon sounds are shit. Everyone will say that. That's with justice. It's they're they're bad, but the moment to moment gameplay. I feel like I'm all. I always have a presence. I can always make something happen, and there's no armor lock. There's none of that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just really liked it. It now, on the flip side, if I was to give like a basic cop out answer. I want challenges back in infinite. Oh, sure. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. And have them spread across the entire suite. So have campaign challenges, have multiplayer challenges. If Warzone makes a return, have those. Um, yeah, just challenges for every style of gameplay that is in that game. Give everybody an opportunity to earn more XP, get more rewards, and continually play the game week in, week out. That's what I would say. That's what I want. <laughs> Halo 4 loadouts and challenges. <laughs> I had I actually had something coming to mind while you were talking about that too. Go for something it. What do you got? I think it'd be cool. What do you got? So campaign, you play as chief. You know, that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But multiplayer, these challenges, you could, could earn like armors, different items for your own multiplayer character that you're playing as. So are we saying like, are we saying like uh, armor sets? as other characters within the Halo universe. So like when you go on, you'd be like your own Spartan when you go yeah, into multiplayer. Yep, right. So you, yeah, you'd learn, you could earn other armor sets. You could earn, you know, customization items. Right. Anything to do with your armor so that you look different going into multiplayer. 
Can I take that a step further too? Sure. And say that they should include, like, you can earn Cat's armor set from Halo Reach. Oh, yeah. And you can, like, be Cat in multiplayer. Yeah. And, like, that... Oh, that'd be really fucking cool. Oh, my God, that'd be really cool. And then, then you can really incorporate these previous Halos into the yeah. new one. Yeah, you could have... You could have, like, a Lasky-type uniform... Go crazy with it. I don't know. You, you have to make sure hitboxes work and everything, but right. I'd say fucking go crazy with it. Uh, whatever they could do. In a social aspect, obviously. Yeah, because once you get into competitive, everyone should be wearing the same armor and all this, but socially, you could kind of just be your own Spartan on the field. That'd be so cool. No matter what you want to do. That'd be so cool. I know they have certain... You can, they have armor unlocks right now. Yeah. And you, that was one thing I saw with Halo 5 is a lot of people were like, oh, I want to unlock this specific armor. And then they had the 3D printout thing that people yeah. wanted to do. Yep. And it was random. It was. Because of the packs. Because of the packs. But with challenges, you could have certain ones that you unlock along the way. You right. could have seasons where, hey, this is so-and-so's, you know, we're, we're reliving this story or yeah. whatever. Yes. 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 Earn his, earn his or her armor That'd through be doing so this. That'd so cool. Or oh, man. tie it to achievements as well. Oh, you know, push these two hunters off the, off oh my the, God. Off the ledge. Fuck that one. And earn so-and-so's armor set. You know what I mean? That'd like, be cool. Or customization item, like a hunter skull to put on your... Or be a hunter. Or be a hunter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. That'd be sick, though. <laughs> just this fucking hulking thing just running through <laughs> with sprint. Oh my Holy shit. It'd be insane. I'm in. Um, but yeah, something, things that keep people coming back and wanting to play more and achieve more within the game. Yes. Infinite possibilities. Yes. No, that's awesome. I love, I love every bit of that. That, that sounds sick. Fuck my idea of uh Halo four loadouts. All right. I mean, <laughs> then you, then you got to dive into the, okay. Are there perks again? Are oh, there- I know. I know. And that's why it, that's why nobody would be for this. Like no one would be for this. It's just I loved I loved it. I loved having my set thing that I'd be able to go in every casual match with and just for lack of a better term, dominate. Sure. But yeah. I, I did it. have going back and playing MCC, yeah. I did hate like, okay, we're loading into Halo 2. Oh, it's AR start. What the hell? Like yeah. why like give me the BR. Yep. It just felt weird to have an AR on those maps. Yep. Just so. like I'll still never understand why people were fighting for AR starts in BTB and Reach. I don't yeah, fucking get I'm, it. I'm confused. It doesn't Wha- make literally any sense whatsoever. Okay, right. let's move on. Yep, nothing else to add there. I'm done. <laughs> awesome. So let's move on to the reflection corner. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you for wind chimes okay. today. Don't worry. Um, so first and foremost, COVID-19 and the games industry update. So... We, we have, it's an official confirmation at this point. E3 2020 will not get a digital replacement event. This is by Joe Screbbles of IGN. And I quote, E3 2020 will not get a digital only replacement show according to the show's organizers. Despite saying it would explore options for a digital, sh- digital showcase after canceling the traditional show, the ESA has now confirmed it was, will be skipping E3 2020 entirely. Quote, given the disruption brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, we will not be presenting an online E3 2020 event in June, reads a statement provided to IGN. Instead, we'll be working with exhibitors to promote and showcase individual company announcements, including 
uh, on E3Expo.com in the coming months. We look forward to bringing our industry and community together in 2021 to present a reimagined E3 that will highlight new offerings and thrill our audiences, end quote. So there you go. Not even a digital event is going to be taking place this year. Now, didn't IGN say they are working on putting out... They are. Their their, own. Their own kind of E3 digital thing? Correct. So we might still get some kind of quote-unquote press conferences. So we do get information from these... Yes, and it's been stated that uh, Microsoft will have their own digital event no matter what. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait for date and time on that one, but I imagine sometime in June. I honestly, I'm glad now they can say, hey, we're doing our own thing, take their own time to get this thing together, and we might just get like blown out of the water by some sort of, you know, presentation or, you know, just video that we've never kind of seen done before, which... I'm really hoping they're cooking up something good. I hope so, too. I hope so, too. Um, Okay, Will. For this next one, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Okay. Okay. So, MLG settings, introduction into Halo 3. MLG interviews Commissioner John uh, Nelson. Yes. About version 2 Halo 3 settings. This is published November 19th, 2007. Okay. So this brings us back to a topic we talked about last week, which was, does the pro team of 343, or do, does the pro team help or hurt Yeah, the, the whole grand scheme of things here? With, yeah. Okay? Okay. So it was talked about last week that um, we wondered what happened with Halo 3 and the MLG settings. How did that all transpire, right? Because MLG was their own thing. There wasn't a pro team that was working at Bungie at the time. Well, Adam Apicella, or how you ever pronounce his last name, I apologize if I mispronounced it, peeled back the curtain a little bit and provided two articles. We're going to read through them. Will, here's how we're changing this up. Okay. I want you to be MLG. Okay? Okay. And I am going to be John Nelson. All right. <laughs> We're doing like a reenactment interview yes, here? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Oh, man. All okay. Right? Okay. Perfect. So we'll kick things off here. MLG has been hard at work tweaking Halo 3 with Forge and is nearing the completion of version 2 of the official MLG Halo 3 settings. With the release of the new settings just over the horizon, we sat down with our own league commissioner, John Nelson, to pick his brain about the game type creation process and get a little sneak preview of what to expect. I'm going to MLG to Nelson here, okay? (laughs) So, you were behind MLG's game settings for both Halo CE and Halo 2. Both of these games were much more restricted in terms of customization than Halo 3, yet they still evolved over time. Have you enjoyed the newfound freedom that Forge offers you as a game type designer, and how great of an evolution do you foresee for Halo 3's MLG settings? Great question, Commissioner. Uh, So I have enjoyed the freedom. Uh, Forge, along with the increased list of settings, allows for almost limitless possibilities in game type design. The ability to put any weapon in any location and the option of making the hill's movement pattern in King of the Hill games were at the top of my wish list for Halo 3. I think the MLG settings for Halo 3 will see a great deal of changes as they evolve from version 1 to 2 and 3 and beyond. That being said, our settings will always um, be recognizable as MLG settings with the style players have grown accustomed to since 2003. What challenges have Halo 3's customization tools presented that you haven't encountered in the past? 
So Halo 3's customization tools haven't presented any new challenges, but they have made the challenge of testing all reasonable options more difficult. The freedom and almost limitless possibilities result in many options that need to be tested to see if they work as the best competitive settings. And do you typically test in a 4v4 setting? Are pros exclusively used to test the settings? How much community and professional input must you take into account when designing the settings? What types of factors influence design design decisions and people may not consider? So testing has been almost exclusively 4v4 at this point. We test with players of all skill levels and take everyone's feedback seriously. Our ultimate goal is to arrive at settings that work as well in the first round of the open bracket as they do in the championship match. People may not know that the average duration of games and the likelihood that they will end in a tie influence design decisions. Games that finish 1-0 after 45 minutes or tie twice before there is a winner can be fun, but they don't lend themselves well to the time constraints of a pro circuit event. So in version 1 MLG Halo 3 settings, equipment was removed from the map along with many weapons. These settings were certainly rushed out to give the competitive community something with which to work. How significant are changes in MLG version 2 settings? Will we see a return of equipment? So some players might see the changes as being especially significant while others might not. For players that haven't been involved in testing for version 2, it might take a few games to learn all the weapon and grenade spawns and get to get used to the speed of the game and the power of the weapons. For now, Equipment is still not a part of the MLG settings. We see the equipment is taking away from shooting skill and grenade precision, which have always been central to success in competitive Halo. So what are your thoughts on shield doors and competitive game types? Uh, are there things that can be done in Forge to neutralize the difficulties they introduce? So shield doors encourage camping and can make leads insurmountable. They can work well in customer matchmaking games, but can hinder tournament competi competition, especially if money is on the line. We have yet to find a way of neutralizing the difficulties they introduce. Therefore, maps that feature shield doors like Snowbound and Epitaph are not included in the list of MLG game types. Also, because those maps fucking suck. That was not in the interview. That was just my <laughs> two cents. After having some time to sit down and test the game for a little while, what are your personal favorites in terms of maps and weapons? My favorite map is the pit. Uh... I like how the emphasis is on BR skill rather than grenade precision or close-range combat. My favorite weapon is the Carbine. Version 2 will give the Carbine similar power to that which it had in the Halo 3 demo. I've always had more uh, fun playing with weapons like the Halo CE pistol and Halo 2 Carbine that had a high rate of fire and required you to keep your reticle on your opponent at all times. My favorite game types have uh, been CTF on symmetrical maps like Midship and Wizard and Warlock, so I'm hoping for a, a similar map or maps or remake of those maps to be released for Halo 3 in the near future. You mentioned altered carbine damage in V2 settings. Now that we have the option to change speed, damage, gravity, and shield recharge times, how much will MLG be tinkering with those fundamental aspects of gameplay? For version 2, we have modified base player traits like player speed, damage resistance, and damage modifier. I'm very happy with the effect these changes have had on gameplay, so there won't be any more tinkering with the facet of the MLG settings for now. Of course, if Bungie went to release an update that changed the default damage that certain weapons deal, it'd be back to the drawing board. I see the gravity setting as one that played an integral part in the construction of the Halo 3 maps, and any change to it would have, has, would have a significant impact on the accessibility of certain areas of maps. Have you been experimenting with customized power-ups? And if so, what changes can we expect to see to power-ups? Custom power-ups is probably one of the most undervalued additions to the Halo 3 settings list. We have come up with some crazy ideas, most of which don't belong in competitive Halo. 
For now, the only custom power-up that version 2 will see is a more powerful overshield similar to that of Halo 2. Halo 3's spawn system differs from its uh, predecessors, and there have been mixed reviews from the competitive community. What is your strategy to changing spawn points, and how do you think it will affect competitive play? My strategy for changing spawn points is to minimize spawn camping, allow for living players to remain in a position of power, and to give living players easier access to power-ups and power weapons that they're, uh, than their spawning opponents. This, mean, this means moving spawns so that players don't spawn under fire. Hey, uh, Silos. <laughs> Halo 1. Ring a fucking bell? I spawned under fire in that game all the goddamn that's, time. That's the point of the game. I know, fuck it. It's terrible. Um, so, this means moving spawns so that players don't spawn under fire, so that players can't get the media to jump on a player that was holding a power weapon or a power position, and so that players don't spawn on top of power-ups and power weapons. I think our efforts will improve competitive play. However, we may not be able to truly tackle the spawn systems until version 3. Does the way MLG professionals play the map significantly impact how you create game types as time goes on? Absolutely! Online game testing can only go so far. Tournament play is the true test of game types. As professional strategies, like holding the BR Tower on Lockout in Halo 2, trickle down from the pro teams and become accepted as the norm, we are forced to take another look at our game types to see if they are being played in a way that harbors a fair competitive balance. Since official rules are ever-changing, how do you decide when a version of settings is finalized? The MLG settings and rules are never truly final. We're always looking to make our rules and settings the best that they can be as new strategies and glitches are discovered. That being said, we always try to give our players ample time to practice for an upcoming competition, making sure we don't change anything in close proximity to a competition unless absolutely necessary. And how do you, as a designer of official tournament game types, move forward after finalizing a version of MLG settings? How do you deal with the wide-ranging opinions of an outspoken, competitive community? Well, the work never really stops. Moving forward from version 2, we will immediately start working on version 3 in an effort to put our best product out there for the start of competition in 2008. I think we deal with the opinions of an outspoken community in the same way that any creator of a su successful product should. Whether that product be it the nation's laws, art, literature, or video game tournament settings. That is, that everything in life has its supporters and its haters, and the haters are usually the most outspoken. I think it's important to stay confident in yourself, your abilities, and the abilities of those around you. So, the reason why I wanted us to read through that entire article is because that a lot of the answers that Nelson provided literally tie directly into what we talked about last week. Should the community be listened to, right? How often are these settings looked at? Um, how are these settings being tested? So on and so forth. Back in those MLG days, Nelson even said, we don't really know how well they're going to work until tournament play. Mm -hmm. But once the tournament's taken place, they can iterate immediately. And I, that's why I wanted to include this is because even back then in 2007 and 2008, a lot of those same philosophies sound like they should be taken into consideration. Now it's how MLG continued to be one of the biggest masterminds in the space. It's how I think esports engines going to do in the future as well. I think that's fantastic. And yes, I saw that. Yeah. So let's just say this first. And foremost, um, Dave, welcome. 
Jordan, welcome. And yes, we are officially an affiliate now on Twitch, which means uh, Jordan, almost said just, I'm sorry. Jordan, thank you so much for the sub. Well, uh, what do we call ourselves? Oh, gosh. Do we need a new? Oh, we need a. Oh, God. It's in the works. I don't think we need any, like, um, do we need a name? I don't know if we do. I don't know either. Thanks, Recon. Um, how about we uh, Twitter poll? <laughs> we could we could throw a Twitter poll out there Put for it out sure. There. Um, you were struggling with sub names for both now. Rip, oh, dude, fuck me. It's okay. I have a doc up for the other one. We'll figure that out eventually. Um, subs are the pro talkers. Not nah, screw having a name for subs. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, v- uh, Vato. That's why I wanted to include it for you. It is all good. Spartans. We'll see. We'll see. We're getting off topic here. Um, but no, seriously, Jordan, thank you very much for the sub. Greatly appreciated. Welcome. Um, thank you for the support. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. Yes. First one. First one. Yep. Uh, he's the first one. First one. Jeez. All right. So back to this article. Yes. So they say they take members of all skill level into account when designing settings. And the pro team might not be that. Correct. Um, they take, so they take, they said they take strategies from pro players that diff that then trickle down to more amateur players and tweak settings based on that. If something is overpowered in that area or something that needs to move, you never know. Yep. But the thing that I take most out of this is there seems to be one, you know, MLG were the ones doing their own settings and tweaking things while things, and the fact that it was ever changing. I think the problem that we saw with Halo 5 is that it took too long to change. Yep. Stayed the same for too long. Too stagnant. Tying this all back into Infinite, they're saying that this new engine they're, they're, they have, they'll be able to make changes very quickly. And I'm hoping that with a competitive side, we will see it just happen right after the tournament. Hey, this didn't work this tournament. Let's make a change. Agreed. So. And to put things into perspective here, Halo 3 released in 2007, September 25th. Okay. This article released on November 19th, 2007. And they're already working on version two settings. Yeah. So keep that in mind that they were already making changes that quickly. But remember what you talked about last week, Will, when maybe they should wait for the game to release first and then make the settings based off what people are doing. Yeah. That sounds like that's exactly what they did here. I mean, well, MLG had to wait for the game to release. They did. But the fact that not only did they have to wait, but they were continuously iterating and improving upon their settings right away, very quickly. I think that's fantastic. I'm real. I'm so glad Adam found this fucking article and posted this. I thought this was great. <laughs> and then, not to be outdone, I'll just quickly read through this. Coming soon, MLG playlist in Halo 3. This was published March 12th in 2008. Ever since the release of Halo 2, it's been a dream of ours to have MLG settings incorporated into matchmaking. There just isn't anyone out there who loves to play Halo as much as the MLG staff in our community, and seeing MLG inside of the game has always been one of the things we hope for most. So you can understand how excited we are to see that dream come true. In just a few weeks, Bungie will be launching a new MLG playlist in Halo 3, replacing 
the existing Team Hardcore playlist. This is a great testament to the growing importance of competitive gaming. Now, millions of Halo 3 players worldwide will be able to play like the pros using the same maps and settings that we use on the MLG Pro circuit. This means competitive gaming standards will reach a much broader audience than ever before. It's also a huge and humbling honor for us at MLG. We've worked hard to develop game types and settings that ensure fair competition and emphasize skill, and these settings have been adopted by competitors all over the world. To be recognized now as the standard for competitive play by Bungie is, well, pretty sick to say the least. We thank the millions of MLG competitors from all over the world for adopting these game types to begin with. None of this could have been happened without you. I wanted to get the word out to the MLG community right away, but there will be a formal press release with uh, more details to follow and more surprises to coincide with our season opener at the Meadowlands in April, so stay tuned. And for folks who aren't accustomed to, uh, to competitive play, MLG will be producing a series of Get better fast content to familiarize players of all skill levels with the strategies and tactics used by the MLG's pro players. So keep your eyes peeled for more details in the coming weeks, and once the playlist goes live, you'll know where to find me online, dominating Sepso in the MLG playlist. So obviously, with 343 having a pro team, the competitive settings will just be the like hardcore playlist no matter what. Yeah. Like, that'll be a thing. But again, I wanted to include this too because it put an emphasis on hey, you're right, MLG was the thing. They were the group that made the competitive settings. Bungie realized, saw it and were like, huh, well, this is the official thing. Let's just, yeah, let's incorporate it. This will be our official thing too. And that that's, it's it's awesome seeing what happened at the ground floor level, you know, how this all kind of started out. And being fully incorporated into the game by the developers themselves, I think this is so now, awesome. Now, you said, I think I remember, it was announced that Esports Engine would be working with Halo Infinite, right? Correct. So, is this the answer of, hey, let's bring MLG back to do our settings? When Esports, when Infinite launches, Esports Engine is going to look at the settings for competitive and then be able to tweak and say, Hey, this is what needs to happen for a good competitive scene. We'll just get a repeat of halo three. I would, I would love to see it. I'd be fine with it too. Is if they now that, but that brings us back to the thing that you were mentioning as well. Is esports going to be used as just the production aspect of the events? Right. Well, right. How much involvement will they have? Right. We, so we don't know at this point. We'll have to wait and see for lack of a better phrase that we always use. Uh, but seriously, it's, that's what I want to know as well. How big of an impact is esports engine going to have on infinite's esports as a whole? Are they going to be incorporated with settings? Are they working with the pro team? Are they just going to be on the production side? Are they just going to be setting up mainline HCS events and then grassroots are going to be doing some that esports engine's not a part of, right? No idea. So here's hoping. Also, Recon, thank you for the sub as well. Thank you very much with the Twitch primer. Greatly appreciated. Thank you, thank you. Um, and then Vato asks, how do I get into these Halo community tournaments? Silas replied, they're online. You just register and maybe find some teammates first. Also, check out um, noobcombo.com, Matty Rum's website, uh, because he includes... So we, we include a segment in our show about his website um, for the upcoming tournaments of the week. Make sure you check out noobcombo.com because he includes the upcoming tournaments of the week um, in an event sidebar and on a separate page itself. And details on how to like sign up and whatnot, he includes them in the links as well. Definitely check that out. Um, God, this is oh, 
It's a good episode so far. I like this. <laughs> this, this is really good. I love this. Uh, I, I just, it's been, because we've talked about it before. I got my start with Halo 2 and Halo 3 in the competitive side. When, when I watched the MLG tournaments growing up as a kid and so on and so forth. And so now, and I wasn't, spoiler alert, I, or a fun fact, I wasn't reading the MLG forums back in the day. I would just watch the events. Like I'd mark them on my calendar and I'd make sure that that's what I was doing that weekend is watching the MLG event, right? So getting this behind the scenes look at how this happened, how these settings happened, how they got incorporated into Halo 3 proper. Like this is, I didn't know. I think it's fantastic. It's great to get that information. Um, Will, shall we move on to some regular news? First and foremost, hey, goalie sniper, welcome. <laughs> oh, man. Um, Okay, so first news story. Ubernick joins Mantra. This is my mantra. Mantra Esports would like to give a warm welcome to our newest content creator and live streamer, Ubernick. Congratulations to him. Um, Now, on a somber note, the next news story is 343 Industries has lost a team member. This is by Jerry Hook. And I, I just, before I even read this, um, I want to put a disclaimer here. If I, I'm really incredibly sorry if I mispronounce this individual's name, um, because I'm probably going to. So again, I apologize, but here we go. We had some sad news for 343 Industries this last week. The unexpected loss of Jens Hauk, our environment art tech lead, kind, generous, and passionate. If you are moved to support his family, please do so here. Jens will be missed. And there's a GoFundMe link included in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show for Jens' family. Um, again, if I'm mispronouncing that, I apologize. Um, our condolences go out to his family and to everybody affected. That's just a, it, it's a sad moment. It's a very sad moment. Um, yeah, if you, if you, if you have the means to donate to the GoFundMe to help out his family, please do. Um, it looks like, uh, they have two daughters, I believe, um, or just two children. Um, but yeah, if you have the means to please do so and rest in peace. That's what I'll say. Um, on a, on a lighter note, um, help finish the fight against COVID-19. This is by 343 Industries. Today, the world is engaged in a different kind of fight. Instead of an alien cult hell-bent on our destruction, we're facing a dangerous threat from a microscopic virus. And in lieu of the UNSC, we have real-world heroes in our scientists, doctors, nurses, caregivers, and essential services across every sector fighting for humanity. And while we may not have a real-life master chief to help finish this fight, we do have something even better. All of us. The millions of fans around the world who comprise the Halo community are no strangers to helping those in need. Over the years, the Halo community has raffled to help, uh, has rallied, rallied, I'm an idiot, has rallied to help others through hardships, big and small, from individuals in need to larger efforts to, like raising over $220,000 for global, global disaster relief or, um, or the Fight the Flood initiative that generated over $175,000 for Hurricane Katrina relief. I'm going to zoom in so I don't like screw up reading more. Jeez. Um, okay. 
Giving back is one of the core studio values of 343 Industries, and everyone across the studio has a shared desire to find ways to help support those impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. We're excited to partner with our community to offer a few different ways players can help in these difficult times. Today, in partnership with our friends at MetaThreads, we're excited to offer a limited edition t-shirt as one way that Halo fans can contribute towards helping global communities impacted by COVID-19. All profits from the sales of these shirts will go directly to Global Giving's Coronavirus Relief Fund. Your donation will give communities on the front lines of this crisis the resources they need to act quickly and protect the most vulnerable. This t-shirt is meant to reflect 343 and Halo's commitment to, uh, to helping those affected by the COVID-19 virus. We've taken the iconic UNSC emblem and repurposed the banner to reflect a Halo version of a popular hashtag that stands for community and resilience. Hashtag, we got this. Empathy and compassion are key during these uh, trying times, and you, can, you can't spell hope and love without Halo. Of course, any donation, big, and, big or small, is incredibly helpful during this crisis, and we encourage everyone to do what you can do. If you prefer to donate directly to Global Giving or another organization, please do. If you'd like to help but also want a cool shirt, please do. The hashtag WeGotThisSpartan shirt is available uh, today through April 21st. As a special bonus, each shirt purchase will include a free month of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Please visit metathreads.com slash halorelief to order and get additional details. And then there's a relief and recovery rec pack, which has been out for a little while. Players looking for an alternate, uh, an alternate means of helping out, we've brought back the relief and recovery rec pack in Halo 5 Guardians. The Relief and Recovery Rec Pack is available now through April 30th, and all proceeds from this in-game purchase will go directly to Global Giving's Coronavirus Relief Fund. We're humbled and blown away by the outpouring of support from the Halo community since we launched this back in March 27th. In less than two weeks, we've already raised over $200,000, thanks to the generous contributions of Halo players around the world. Thank you, Spartans. And speaking of in-game offerings, to help make your indoor times a little bit more enjoyable, we've activated double XP across both Halo 5 and MCC through April 30th. Additionally, the Arena and Warzone XP packs are being given away as well. And then, donate to the CDC Foundation by playing Xbox. Lastly, while not specifically a Halo program, we did want to highlight another fantastic opportunity to help those in need that's as simple as playing games on your Xbox. Please read this article on Xbox Wire for, for, for full details, but the gist of this U.S.-only program is sign up for Microsoft Rewards at MicrosoftRewards.com, earn points by playing games on your Xbox, like Halo, hit the CDC button on your Xbox dashboard and donate your Microsoft Reward Points to the CDC Foundation. 1,000 reward points equals $1 donated, and then Microsoft will match your donation one-to-one. -one. And that's it. Helping others has never been so easy Head over to Xbox Wire for additional details. So there you go. That is fantastic. All right. Ready for the next news story, Will? Yes. All right. The MCC development and flighting update for April 10th, 2020. This is by Postums. And don't worry, it's not long. Flight status. We are still currently in rings one and two. Over the past few weeks, we've been releasing updates regularly to fix various issues that have been found by our early access rings. Our current target is to begin public flighting in the later half of next week, so this week, once our last Ring 3 blocking bug is resolved. If and when it is fixed and no new blocking issues are found, we will let folks know and get the next one out the door. And then they talk about the new invite process. And then for Silos, before we go, we wanted to share a great note to folks. An additional bug fix for Halo CE has been added to the list that was shown off from last week's blog as well. 
The spread on the Magnum when playing at higher than 30 FPS has been resolved internally. Woo, so they still need to push it out then? They do. But it's, it's in the work. It's there. And the other thing is, I don't need... So this flight that's going to be coming, this flight was supposed to include Halo CE fixes and Halo Reach, Forge, and Theater. It didn't. It's not going to. So I wonder if this is going to be, if this has to be flighted first before fully going out. Interesting. In which case you're going to be waiting even longer, Silas. I'm sorry. I hope it doesn't have to be flighted. I hope not either. They should just be able to patch it. I agree. I hope they just, I hope they just do it. Um, um, Vato states, going through all this quarantine gets to you, but getting into the Halo community helps out a lot. Thanks for the show and all the information. Love the show. Love you, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. God damn. So nice. So nice. Oh, we need more of that. (laughs) Um, The final news story of the week. Halo 5 matchmaking update. This is by Josh Mankey over on Twitter. And I quote, based on recent analysis, we've adjusted matchmaking to make best possible match within the five minute timeout period, regardless of party size or skill. Parties that have had trouble finding matches in the past will find it easier to find one if they wait five minute tops. So I'm going to get crushed as a solo queuer matching up against teams because I don't have a team with me. I'm scared. But at least I'm, you don't I'm have scared. to wait. At least you don't have to wait as long for a match. We're just going to get <laughs> wrecked in Halo 5 now. Oh, man, dude. I get I wrecked even... anyway, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, And then I am not seeing anything on Infinite's Twitter page as to what their plan is for tournaments. Okay. And they did say Monday. So today is Monday. So I don't know. So TBD. TBD. Um, all right. And then for those who are tuning in now. Oh, that's it for the regular news. Thank you. I'm sorry. I totally just <laughs> I forgot was, about I was that. I ready for it. And then you just, well. You were. I just took it away from you right like that. Uh, for those who are just tuning in now, we're doing a segment flip. So... Since we are primarily a Halo esports podcast, we are putting all the Halo related items at the top of the show. And then we're going to include the uh, COD and other games watch and then other video game stuff like Will's Adventures at the latter end of the show. So, without further ado, let's get into COD and other games watch. Um, couple of big things. So, first up, we're back. The CDL returns this Friday, April 10th. In other words, last Friday. With online play and a new schedule. This is by Call of Duty League. Earlier this year, the Call of Duty League enjoyed an incredible launch, debuting uh, 12 city-based teams across four countries, stacked with the best Call of Duty players in world competing live events and uh, in, in the world, competing live before thousands of fans for the right beat to be considered the greatest on earth. While the unprecedented global challenges of the past month required us to shift away from live events, our commitment to delivering elite competitive entertainment for our fans remains unwavering. Today, we are proud to announce that the world's best players are returning to action on Friday, April 10th at 4 p.m. with the league shifting to an online competition and broadcast production format. The Dallas Home Series weekend will be broadcasted on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on our YouTube channel and will feature eight teams in action. Okay, This new fully online format, players, team staff, and production personnel will comp- uh, compete and work safely from locations of their choice and in accordance with current health and safety recommendations and governmental mandates. This new format also preserves the same competitive fire that fans witnessed at live events held earlier in the season. The action, intensity, rivalries, play-by-play, and good old-fashioned smack talk, it's all back, while also giving players and teams the most safe and fair way of competing remotely given the unique challenges posed by the current health situation. 
Fans will continue to see live competition that includes play-by-play analysis from their, player, uh, from their favorite Call of Duty League personalities in real time. All nine remaining Call of Duty League home series events will be played Friday through Sunday and will start at the same time each day. Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, and Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern. The new schedule preserves the number of home series weekends originally slated to take place in a live event format, and each home series will feature the same participating pro teams. Additional details on the 2020 Call of Duty Championship weekend will be released at a later time. Additionally, for our aspiring Path to Pro community, team-hosted Call of Duty Challengers events will now take place online in conjunction with Team's Home Series weekends and will feature dedicated tournaments across North America, Europe, and the Asia-Pacific region. The league will also produce five dedicated two-day Challenger events, each with a $50,000 in prizing, held across all three regions. Lastly, the Call of Duty League circuit a city circuit continues with 2v2 action in Modern Warfare's gunfight mode. Um, each Call of Duty franchise team may choose to nominate the representing duo or qualify them through online competition. Make sure to follow your favorite team's social media channels for more information on how to participate in their city circuit. More details are also available at the link they provide in the article. Although these shifts to online competition may not be what we imagined at launch, we are deeply grateful to be able to continue to spotlight our incredible teams in a new way and to give our cities and fans more reasons to cheer. For more details about our shift to online play, go to the link they include, or just stay here, because I'm going to read them. All right. What has the league learned from live events this season that can inform online events? The first four live events of the season, Minnesota, London, Atlanta, and LA, were a great way to start the season. It was really inspiring to see our staff working together with the franchise teams to build and launch the Call of Duty League. We are making improvements and iterations from event to event that continue to make their production better. Moving online presents a different set of challenges, and operating remotely is an added layer of complexity as well. But we're very excited to move forward with the season online. We know we'll have things to fix and improve, but we're eager to do that for our fans, teams, players, and partners. What are the biggest challenges in maintaining competitive integrity for online matches? Server latency and player disconnections have been a major concern for the team and a primary, and a primary focus for the past weeks. We've implemented several new rules and workflows that will allow us to be prepared for many new scenarios as we move to online matches. So how is the league mitigating potential online issues such as server latency? Our partners at the studios have worked tirelessly with our internal technology teams to establish and test new dedicated servers around the country that will allow us to create the fairest environment possible for Call of Duty League matches. We've been testing these servers in collaboration with our players as we continue to optimize our solution and minimize latency for the different match variations we may see in the home series tournament format. We've been testing for weeks, and each day we get more data and opportunities to better the product. It's a learning experience. We know online match play won't be perfect, but we're doing everything in our power to make the best competitive environment we can. So how will they operate, and how will they be officiated online? We'll continue to follow similar processes as we did for live events. However, with all staff and players being remote, we have transitioned to using software services that allow us to communicate with our players and teams, troubleshoot issues, and enforce competition integrity throughout all matches. Our competition operations and IT teams will be actively monitoring all matches live and are ready to support issues as they happen. Will the broadcast tool for online events replicate the LAN event? Uh, basically. Will fans be able to see player cams during online matches? Basically. Uh, I real I saw that Crim6 did not have his on. Yeah. Um, but more, like most people did. Will all matches have casters? Yes. Will players compete at home or together with their whole team? 
basically based off CDC guidelines and what the government mandates, they can do what they need to do. Um, what is the league doing to protect the health and safety of staff who work on the broadcast? So they've developed new software and tools online that allow other staff to work remotely. And that's how they remain safe. Um, and then when might the league return to LAN events? Our focus now is establishing a structure and schedule for regular season events moving online. When we announced shifting our events online in early March, we mentioned our aspiration to get back to live LAN events. We will continue to monitor the situation, but we're thrilled to bring the Call of Duty League regular season competition back for fans around the world. In other words, wait till next season. Because they already said the rest of these ones are going to be online. Yep. So what do you think? Um, I think it's amazing that they went through and created new software for this to be possible. Yes. Um, obviously, there's a lot of money tied up in this league. It needed to continue to continue yes. to make money. Yes. Um, but the fact they're willing to go through all that to get these events up, and I think they did it in a pretty good, uh, timely manner. Agreed. Um, it feels weird online. It's yeah. weird to watch. Um, I don't know if you saw the same thing, but there was times where like the video would like skip back a few seconds. Yeah. And that really bugged me because all of a sudden I'm hearing the same thing twice and it just threw me out of it. Yep. Um, there was also an issue with one of the casters like disconnected and you could, he was speaking like 30 or 15 to 30 seconds later in the broadcast. Miles Ross. Miles. Yes. Yeah. And it was I saw during that too. the um, Florida Chicago game. Okay. So it yeah. happened before that too. Oh, it did. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. So, um, but the, the fact is doing this remotely is a huge challenge. Oh yeah. I think they did very well with what they had. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> I saw somebody, I think Chicago Huntsmen are in a gaming house. They're in a, like all together. I think so. And I, I, I thought it was funny with like, there was a tweet online saying, Oh, imagine playing all in the same room for, you know, during COVID thing, but they're yeah. all, they're all living together anyways. Right. They're, they're not introducing themselves to anything new. I think formal's the only one that's not, I think he's still in LA. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, I just remember like from seeing the uh like the the vision type series that mm -hmm. they were doing. So yeah. And then uh, Justin says it kind of sucks because this is the first Call of Duty I've actually been interested in a long time, but I understand why they're doing what they're doing. Got to be safe. Absolutely. Yeah. I can agree. Yeah. But no, good accomplishment. Um the tournament itself we made it to the finals again. Yeah, we Minnes got second. Minnesota. We can't get over that hump. Nope. No matter what it is. It's like we get nope. to the finals and we just, uh, we we lose one of the respawn games and we can't take a, um, we can't take a S&D. We just can't. A, a couple caveats here. One, we did beat, last event, we beat arguably the best team in the league in Atlanta. Yes. And nobody thought that was possible. So the, the time we played them before that even, we brought them to a uh, game five, right? Yep. Yeah, so we, we can hang with them, and we beat them once. Dallas beat us last event. We got revenge. We got revenge and beat them this event. Yep. So now it's Florida and Chicago. Yep. Like, those are the two big ones that we need to topple, and then we're good. And um, Florida bringing in Pharaoh. Yeah. That was huge for them. It's completely changed up their game style. Yep. They're all of a sudden firing on all cylinders and they took down Chicago, which we lost to earlier in the, we did in the, in the bracket. And was it three, one that we lost them yeah, or three, yep, three, one. Yeah. Maybe three. Oh, I don't remember. Either way. We got beat. I, I blocked it out of my mind. Um, <laughs> the but, fact we came back, I was like, God damn, that's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad Chicago has our number. And now we only played once against Florida, right? Yes. So I think, 
the thing is, is I feel like our team does really well when they have time to prepare against the team. Sure. So the fact that they changed Pharaoh in for Prestini, you know, we were probably planning to still play against their Prestini type gameplay yeah. when Pharaoh changed it up. He played played a little differently. They were able to change ARs and subs into what they needed more. And sure. Um, yeah. So we will have to see what happens with the future of CDL. We are currently in tied for second place in CDL points. Next to Atlanta or next to no, Dallas. Um or Florida now. Florida, Dallas, and Minnesota all have a hundred points. Okay, so we're all tied for second. Yep. Um, Chicago. Chicago has one ten. So they're in first. And Atlanta, who has played one less event than every than they're the, they're in third. They're in yeah. Well, technically they'd be fifth with Face not, off with, points. with ninety points. Though, sure. With ninety points. Okay. And that's one less event. So they get one more game win. Brings them tied right for right second. There. Yeah. And then if they win to again to go to um basically they if they make the semifinals next round, they're in first place. Right. We're and, all we're all right but there. But yeah, we're all right there, which is great to see the top half of the league. Now, um Florida is also tied with us now. Yep. So I don't know if I said that. I totally spaced. But um teams that definitely need some work. The Gorillas. They're last place. They've won one match. AKA fuck aches. So <laughs> I mean, he got dropped, right? Oh, he, well, he got benched. He got benched. Yeah. Um, who else is at the bottom? I think Seattle is down there. Yeah. It's a, so unfortunate, too, because they have they Enable, were, and I like Enable. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Optic is not doing so hot. Optic LA is not uh, good. Subliners are at the bottom of the list as well. So That sucks, too. There's. It's interesting that I'm wondering if yes, when we go. Justin. Ogre 2. Ogre 2, yeah. I'm wondering if when we go back to, if we go to like a Black Ops type game, yeah. if we'll see other teams emerge over others. I'm also curious, I don't know contracts, I don't know what was put down on the table for these players, sure. but will we have a quote-unquote roster mania next season of CDL? Are teams going to switch up? Are teams going to stay the same? Sure. Um, you know, could we see... Well, there's going to There are trade deadlines. We know that for a fact. Yes, trade, so, trade deadlines, yep. but also like... Is there, like, I wish we got more clarity like the NFL. Is it a multi-year deal? Sure. I mean, if I had Scump on my team, I'm signing him for at least two years. Oh, I'd yeah. I'd want to. He's the top. He's at the top of the list. Right. And the fact um, that him and Formal back together. Yep. That's, yeah. that's huge. Yep. Um, and then Simp and Abizi, they're great. Oh, my God. They're freaking amazing together. The, the Tiny Terrors or whatever they yeah. are. Yeah. So, like, my dream team would literally be Formal, Scump, Simp, Abizi. <sighs> and then I would even throw... Got RX, got RX in there with the way he's been performing. Um, that would be dream team right there. That'd be crazy. I d- I do love our team though. Alex has been doing great. We're good. We're really We're, good. Uh, <laughs> I've become a fan of Silly. I don't know why. I just like. He, I just like him. He seems really tall. Really, I, I don't he know. He just looks really tall. Like he's, he's average height. Oh, he just he's, he looks, he's, in every promo thing. He just yeah. looks, he looks like a tall boy. But yeah. Um. Yeah, our team is pretty good. We are pretty good. damn good. We're the sleeper team of the year. I think, I think we are. We don't have any like, we didn't have any like huge names, right? We don't have the crims. We don't have. Right. We don't have. We don't have the scumps. scumps the formals. Yeah, all the, the all simps. those top. But we have a, like a solid freaking team, and we I do. think we have really good team chemistry. Yep. I think that's huge, and um, not maybe not a lot of people know about him, but Tiny is our bench player. Yep. And the fact like. When we were at that event, he was like up in front, like cheering on his team, cheering on his guys, yep. like, and he's always like in a he's his 
his attitude, his mood is always great. Like I see him on social media all the time and he's just happy to be a part of it. Yeah. Like I feel like he's going to be a great player in the future. He's like the, he's like the uh, Jimmy Garoppolo behind Brady on the bench. Ooh, I like, like that. Some, someday someone's going to realize tiny's going to be the freaking gu- the guy. And I think he's going to show up big. Um, so let's catch up on chat here for a second. So yeah, recon. Yes. Silas is right. It's enable. And, uh, yeah, he plays on the, uh, Seattle surge and he's been playing in competitive call of duty for a long time. Yes. Um, another, re- yeah, I like him a lot. Obviously he used to be a professional halo player. Um, and then Justin asked, did you guys see frosty's clutch? That was dope. Uh, the four, the one V four in S and D I think is what he's referencing where Frosty just went off. Maybe. I don't know if I saw it. It was like, I saw, I think I saw the clip on Twitter. I think that's what, I I think that's what you might be referencing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, And then also, Will, did you know that this is now tech, this technically now means that Frosty is a multi FPS champion. Since he did win Halo and Call of Duty. I'm going to not count this because it's not a season finale. I know. I know. No, that's why they, I said technically, technically he is. He's a, he's a home series champion. That's like, it's it's not really a full tournament. I want all 12 teams there. Right. This well, isn't I a want, national championship. I, like, this is this is like winning a qualifier. Ooh. Right? Just we're, shitting on Frosty right we're, now. <laughs> we're working towards CDL points, which is your qualifier points, to go into the final bracket, which well, I don't know. I need to look up the rules again, but is it, is there like a mid season tournament and then it all resets or is there like a mid season tournament and then a final because I'm really we, confused. So we are the mid season event. The home series. Yeah. Yes. Ours is because but we is were it, the home one. Right. I mean, we were the opener, which means we are the mid season. So I do not know if there is a mid season uh, final. I'm, I can't remember. I'm really curious if there's like a, a mid season final or what what's going on. So if, there's, yes, a, if um, there's a mid season final, does that mean if Frosty wins that, are you gonna are you gonna count that? If it's a if it's a tournament with all twelve teams and it's like like hey, after this points reset and we go to a second half of the season, but then there would have to be like a final and then like a, a champion champion with. The I team. just as as long as all teams are there, I'll count it. Sure. Because we haven't had one where all teams are there right. since the opener. Yep. And yes, uh, so Recon says Frosty making that money. Yeah. Um, reports have been that uh, player salaries are near the 200000 mark. So yeah, crazy. Um, <laughs> Good for them. That's yeah, hot diggity goddamn. But, and, and just think about that. That's guaranteed. You don't have to get a percentage from, right. your, from your org that... I wonder if bonuses. I wonder if there's bonuses. That, that would be my assumption. That's how... That's how sports most, work. most pro sports yeah. work is if you make it to the playoffs yep. and each playoff win you get, you get more bonuses or even like, I don't know how they would implement this in Call of Duty based on roles, but like Brady could possibly sign as a clause in his contract. Like at 10 passing TDs, he gets this bonus. At 15, he gets this. They right. have those clauses in there. Or defensive end getting sacks, yep, right? If you exactly. get this many sacks at the end of the year or whatever. Yep. Yeah. So it's really interesting on what they could be doing. We don't have details. I would really like details on a contract. Same. But, um, yeah, we just don't know at this point. Maybe if somebody, maybe if somebody retires from the league, we'll be able to get that information. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure there's like, there's gotta be right now. NDA clauses. Oh yeah. Up the ass. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, shall we move on? Yeah. Yeah. What do we got next? All right. Well, here you go. Oh, it's this one. Yep. Introducing dual sense, the new wireless game controller for the PlayStation five. This is by the PlayStation blog. So we've reached an exciting milestone with PlayStation five. 
as we're starting to ship our new controller and its final design to developers who are implementing its unique features into their games. But first, we wanted everyone in the PlayStation community to get a first look at the DualSense wireless controller and hear our vision for how the new controller will captivate more of your senses as you interact with the virtual worlds in PS5 games. The features of DualSense, along with PlayStation 5's Tempest 3D audio tech, will deliver a new feeling of immersion to players. When PS4 launched in 2013... The DualShock 4 wireless controller garnered a lot of positive feedback from gamers and, develop, and developers for being the best PlayStation controller yet. Bullshit. Uh, and for introducing forward-looking features like the share button. Who wanted that button? No idea. I wanted a, a pause and select button. I didn't want the fucking share button. Whatever. I, I'm Yeah. This brought us to the next question. How do we build upon that success? Well, after thoughtful consideration, we decided to keep much of what gamers love about the DualShock 4 intact, while also adding new functionality and refining the design. Based on our discussions with developers, we concluded that the sense of touch within gameplay, much like audio, hasn't been a big focus for many games. We had a great opportunity with PlayStation 5 to innovate by offering game creators the ability to explore how they can heighten that feeling of immersion through our new controller. This is why we adopted haptic feedback, which adds a variety of powerful sensations you'll feel when you play such as the slow grittiness of driving a car through mud. We also incorporated adaptive triggers into the L2 and R2 buttons of DualSense so you can truly feel the tension of your actions, like when drawing a bow to shoot an arrow. So, like, if you're pulling, like, L2 to aim, is it going to be, like, tougher to push down, like, with a freaking, like... No, thing? no, you'll just feel it in the in the rumbles. The rumble. Yeah, it's, it's like this... It's nearly the same thing. It's It's... It's going to be a little bit more immersive than what is already existing in Halo. Uh, I mean, Halo in Xbox in, in the Xbox One controller. So there you go. Um, so that's neat. Uh, this provided us with an exciting challenge to design a new controller that builds off of the current generation while taking into consideration the new features that we're adding. For example, with adaptive triggers, we had to consider how the components would fit into the hardware without giving it a bulky feeling. Our design team worked closely with our hardware engineers to place the triggers and actuators. Uh, the designers were also then able to draw the lines of how the exterior of the controller would look and feel with the challenge of making the controller feel smaller than it really looks. In the end, we changed the angle of the hand triggers and also made some subtle updates on, to the grip. We also uh, took thoughtful consideration into ways to maintain a strong battery life while DualSense's rechargeable battery and to lessen the weight of the controller as much as possible with, as the new features are added. So, before we continue on, there is no removable battery based off what we're hearing here. It's the same as every PlayStation controller. Yep. It's rechargeable. Um, and then also, if you have not seen pictures of it, it looks like they're going towards the Xbox One controller design of, like, more smooth. Like, it, it, I don't know. It looks... Yeah, so, like, on the on the PS4, right, like, there was, like, a circle that you could see the edge around. Yeah. This is just like, yeah, it looks smooth. Yes. It looks smooth. Yeah. That's, I might be looking for a different word, but it, when you look at pictures, it looks like they're going more in the Xbox design aspect, which actually I am way more for. Now, Silo says DualShock 4 is better than Xbox One controller. So I can't stand the PlayStation 4 controller. To me, it I just, it doesn't feel comfortable in my hand. And I actually like the PlayStation 3 controller because it really wasn't that big of an iteration change from the PS2 controller. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it felt really, really lightweight. Like, it felt like a toy. But 
overall, I liked it for what it was. But the DualShock 4, it just didn't feel good in my hands. And I still just will never get over the the um, non-offset stick placement. And this is coming from somebody who played PlayStation 2 and PS3 for so long. I just don't... Ever since playing with off-axis, like, sticks, I just prefer that more. Um, but that might just be me. Um, which has a garbage battery life. Oh, the DualShock 4? Agreed. Um, okay. So, for the buttons, you'll notice there is no longer a share button as we had with DualShock 4. But don't worry, it's not going away. In fact, we've built upon the success of our industry first share button to bring you a new create button feature. <laughs> with create, we're once again pioneering new ways for players to create epic gameplay content to share with the world or just enjoy for themselves. We'll have more details on this feature as we get closer to launch. DualSense also adds a built-in microphone array, which will enable players to easily chat with friends without a headset. It's going to be horrible. Ideal for jumping into a quick conversation. But of course, if you're planning to chat for a longer period, it's good to have that headset handy. In other words, they're basically saying, hey, don't use this for prolonged periods because it's going to pick up everything. Yep. Now let's talk about colors. Traditionally, our base controllers have a single color, but as you can see, we went with a different direction this time around and decided on two-tone design. Additionally, we changed the position of the light bar that it will give it an extra pop. On DualShock 4, it sat on the top of the controller. Now, it sits at each side of the touchpad, giving it a slightly larger look and feel. Because God knows everyone wanted the light bar to be bigger. And now it's in your fucking face. In all, we went through several concepts and hundreds of mock-ups over the last few years before we settled on this final design. DualSense has been tested by a wide range of gamers with a variety of hand sizes in order for us to achieve the comfort level we wanted with great ergonomics. Our goal with DualSense is to give gamers the feeling of being transported into the game world as soon as they open the box. We want gamers to feel like the controller is an extension of themselves when they're playing, so much so that they forget that it's even in their hands. Wow. The wow. fucking, the PR speech in that one. Woo. Um, <laughs> Recon says, are they going to hold the controller up to their face to chat with other players? Maybe. Oh no, my it, God. I think it's meant to be like... A quick, and, like, push hop, to talk thing. Yeah, hop in a party chat and be like, hey guys... I can be on in like five minutes and hop out without having to go find your headset. Yes. But if you know, there's going to be kids who parents don't buy them a headset and they're in party chat and they're just, (laughs) that's all you hear. It's instant mute, right? That's why I really hope that there is like a push to talk functionality enabled because think about that. Like if you, that'd be so nice. Like if you're playing a round of call of duty or whatever, excuse me. And you die and you need to, sh- you need to call out somebody real quick. You're just able to press a button on the controller or like hold down a button on the controller, say where the enemy is real quick, just let go and you're done. Like that'd be, I would like that. I think that'd be fine. Um, yeah. Fuck the Duke. The Duke was terrible. But yeah. So there you go. Dual sense. Um, so the version two of dual sense or yeah, uh, dual shock four. Yeah. Sorry. The light bar on top was really nice that it was 
because before you like they didn't have one. It was on the back. It was just on the back of the controller, and I liked seeing that on the top. Are you talking about like on the touchpad itself, the yeah. little slit? Yeah, sure. I thought that was really cool. Now sure. you're now it's going to be like dead center in the freaking. It, yeah, it's on both sides of the touchpad. And it yeah. goes down at an angular. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. As as long as I can change the brightness like I can with the DualShock 4s, it's not going to be a problem. I'm yeah. just giving it shit. Oh, yeah. And I do really like, I think I'm going to really like the ergonomic changes that they made because, and this isn't coming from like an Xbox fanboy or anything. It's just for me, holding an Xbox One controller just feels more natural and just feels better to me in my hands. So seeing that they're going with the, with the DualSense controller more in that type of way with the ergonomic feel I, th- I might like this a lot more because the only reason why I still have my PlayStation four is for the exclusive games. That's literally it. Otherwise I hate the controller. I can't stand it. I don't like it at all. Um, so seeing them go a little bit in this different direction, I'm, I'm genuinely excited for what that controller is going to feel like. This is guys, this is a radical departure from what they've done before. Yeah. Like DualShock 4 was a pretty big change from the PS1 dual like the PS1 origination of DualShock to the PS2 to the PS3 they were all basically the same thing. And then P- uh, PS4s had a more rounded um uh like ends, mm-hmm. right? And brought a slightly different design to the whole thing. This one's a huge change. So yeah, I'm I'm more excited to see what normal like current PlayStation four gamers are going to think when they get that in their hand, because it still has the same stick layout like normal. It just feel, it just looks like it's a little bit better ergonomically for me. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. And the final piece of cotton or the games watch the Valorant day one closed beta in EU NA and moving forward. This is by Joe and Anna of riot games. Hello, aspiring Valorant players. First, thank you all for your interest and passion. Demand for access for the Valorant closed beta has inspired us, humbled us, and overwhelmed us a little. We learned a lot from yesterday and would like to let you know what's going on with closed beta entitlement drops, what we're seeing, and to reassure you that you don't need to watch 48 hours straight of streams. (laughs) We'll be straightforward with you as we always have been. We need to make sure we're not overloading our servers. If yesterday was an indication, we need to make sure we ramp up slowly as hundreds of thousands, we hope, of players start piling in at the same time. We still think we're ready to lean in and solve these problems, but we're not going to lie to you in saying we don't have problems to solve. We'll start with some realities. We want to support a stable, competitive, high-fidelity gameplay experience above all, even if that means limiting the number of people we can support for now. We can't and won't undermine gameplay quality for the sake of getting everyone in. Two, this means we'll continue to be careful about how many players we let into closed beta over the course of the next few days and weeks. It's a lot of players, but honestly, not nearly as much as the current demand we're seeing. This might die off. We're a new game, but we're not going to ignore it. And three, to repeat, we are aware of the demand and doing what we can to meet to meet it in this current climate. Check back in the next week with us and we'll let you know how that's going. Now, to clarify a few things as we set ourselves up to meet this demand. First, here's how the closed beta entitlements work at a high level. They work differently than Twitch's regular drop program because we're tracking and entitling for access on our databases, so we can apply another layer of scrutiny. You need to link your your Riot account with your Twitch account and start watching Valorant Twitch streams with drops enabled. We hope you've done this already. Once you've passed a certain threshold of a couple hours watched on those streams, it's roughly two, and we're tracking by total Valorant stream view time, you're eligible for a closed beta entitlement drop. That said, 
Everyone else who has watched at least a few hours of streams is also eligible, and we're having limited slots on our servers. Yesterday, at a rough count, we saw peak 1.7 plus million people on Twitch, but there were definitely more who came in and out during the day. All of you are eligible for a drop. A few of you may have even woken up to one in your inbox. Speaking of which, aside from server outages, when we pause new entitlements, throughout the day and night, we are constantly taking everyone who's eligible for a drop, and we give a percentage of them closed beta access. The selection is random, to give fairness, but we give a higher weight to those of you who have watched more hours of Valorant streams. This weight gives you a higher chance of being selected, but it's still not guaranteed. Hours watched also has diminishing returns, so please don't burn yourself out trying to marathon Valorant streams. Now some reassurances. We are actively looking into account sellers. If you buy an account for Valorant access, please be aware that your account could be banned before launch. We're aware of all the viewbotting going on, and do want to reassure you that both us and Twitch have filters in place to distinguish bots versus people. You can't get keys from player support. We're also aware of a few of you getting double drops via Twitch. That's UI error, but it's not taking away anyone else's entitlement. You do not need to be on Twitch the very moment you get a drop. Take a break. With every wave of entitlements we do, you're eligible and will be notified if you made it, even after you've turned off your streams. You don't need to have multiple streams open to increase your chances and you don't need to be AFK through the night on streams. And for those of you who have been marathoning Valorant streams in hopes of getting a drop, we see you. There's a shockingly large amount of you, but we, but we should have known this. We can't guarantee anything, but we hope we, re we can reward you for your dedication. Please take a break. We'll try to get to you. So there you go. If you have not got in yet, and you've already watched over a couple hours of a Valorant stream that has drop, drops enabled, any of them, don't worry about it. Watch somebody else or watch more. If that's somebody that you like to watch, there's no problem with that. So there you go. That's what I got. That's Cotton Other Games Watch. All right. But speaking of Valorant, Will. Yeah. Because I know you're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Let's get right into Will's Adventures with the So, on, on Monday, I played CSGO yes. in, in prep for Valorant. Yes. So, um, I was telling you, before we recorded the last show, I was having a, a VAC error, which is their anti-cheat, wasn't able to verify. Yes. I needed a Windows update that wasn't, it's, when I would go into my settings, it would say it was up to date. But additional I updates. Apparently, there was something else I needed That's to update. So shit. I ended up getting into CS:GO. I played with David Heavy Rainfall. How'd that go? Um, it was fun. Well, um, Good. I, we played a couple matches of the ten v ten because I didn't want to get into competitive because I wasn't. I don't think I could because I'm still level like three. Sure. Um, so that answers your question, uh, Vato. Yes. What's your rank oh, on yeah, CS:GO? Yeah. I'm. Just started. Um, so unranked or do you get, or do I bronze? Know. I don't know. I don't know the ranking I'm, I'm system not ranked. in, in CSGO. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I haven't played enough to rank. Um, it's okay. And then, so we played a 10 v, the 10v10 like casual mode on Dust 2, which is the most common map. Indeed. Um, was practicing shooting. But then Dave was like, hey, there's other modes too. We jumped into like a kind of a gun game where you start with a, a pistol. You got to yeah, work kill, your way up. Work your way up. Yep. And then that way I was able to... Uh, test aiming with different weapons which was great you know um and it just kind of 
brought some map awareness sure. and how to hold angles and whatnot. Yep. So yeah, it was no, it was a really good time playing with Dave. Um, you got to learn it a little bit, learn movement, and then I'm really glad I played because then when I got into, I got beta access uh, the first day. Nice. Um, when they did like the the sponsored streams with everyone yep. that they all s- synced up their times and watched their like alpha footage. Yeah. I was able to, I got a drop first day. So nice. I was super excited. Um, I actually woke up early before work on that Tuesday to try to play before going to work. Oh, but I got the error 43 where it couldn't connect the, the issues they were talking about. They let everyone was trying to get in at the same time. And, um, yeah, I just needed to, uh, just needed to wait. So they fixed that error, got in Tuesday night, and yeah, I'm really enjoying Valorant. Same. Um, I've been playing a ton. Awesome. Pretty much it's all I've played all week. Awesome. So no other games, unfortunately. It's okay. Um, this is the big one. Yeah, this is, it's huge. It's a whole new, whole new world. A whole yeah, new exactly world. Exactly where my mind went and why I stuttered. Um, it's okay. <laughs> but yeah. Um, I'm going to put my foot up. Ugh. I... I'm still learning the like how to move, hold angles, the shooting. Sure. Um, I'm running into. It's weird because I'll have games where we. I had a game this weekend where I was playing, playing with Joey, yep. and we went like thirteen. We went uh, thirteen and zero. Didn't lose a round. Felt great. So Joey got it too. Joey ended up getting in. Yes. Awesome. On his like third account. So third he, account. How many Twitch accounts does he have? He made so he had one. Oh, he made multiple. He made multiple Twitch accounts to increase his. Because he had Christ. watched, he had watched like over, he had basically his stream on for three days straight and get it, didn't get a drop. Sure. He made a new account, got a drop within three hours. Really? Yep. So I get some people's pain out there. I, I got mine on the first day. I got mine on the Tuesday, right? Because it went live on Tuesday. Yeah. So you could get the first drop on like the la- the previous Friday? Yeah. I got mine on the first day they were able to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, it's, that sucks with the randomness of it all, It man. does. It, it does. does. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy the game. I want to learn it more, keep playing. I wish there was more maps at this point, but I'm happy learning the three. Yeah. Um, the big debate on Twitter now is Ray's too powerful. Um, yeah. I've seen some shit. Yeah, I think... But I've also seen I've also seen instances where, like I mean, when we even played, where a rocket, like her alt, right, or mm-hmm. his alt, his her her, her alt, uh, is the rocket launcher, right? Yes. And it could be like right behind the player, and it won't kill them. Yeah, you you have to have almost a dead on hit. Yeah. So I don't think, but then the, I think people's complaints are that she has the alt of a rocket, and then she also has C four, right? C four grenades. Every single oh. every her satchel, yep, every single one of her abilities does damage. Got it. I think that's the issue. I can okay. I can understand the want for tweaking things down a yep. bit. But the to counter that, you have there's so many others. You have I you have walls, you can you have you have ice like for um Sage. Sage, you can throw down all these slowing abilities. And heal. And heal. Yeah. Um if you hear her alt, because you hear everyone's alt. Yeah. Run away. Fucking let them have the sight, waste the alt, and then retake. Yep. Or if you have a, uh, oh, I'm blanking out on his name, um, the dude that can, like, put the camera up, put the. Um, crypto. Yeah. If, if somebody has a, if you have a crypto on your team, 
You can you can set up trip wires. Yeah, you can so set up if she also tries to move, she right. gets ta- she gets caught. Exactly. Then- there there are multiple ways that you can potentially counter that situation. In case the alt is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I think people feel like she's too strong. I think people just need to learn character abilities and how to properly use them. Right. We're um, still so early on. The game isn't oh, even yeah, out yet. So so early on. And there might right. be more heroes that we don't know are uh, what do they call them? Agents. More agents. Yeah. And their plan is to release more as time goes on. Yeah. And I think have more at launch. And the other thing, too, is that uh, they, like what? CSGO, right? Mm-hmm. You have, basically, it, when you play CSGO, if you've played for a while, you know the maps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. You basically know everything that's going to happen at that point. Yep. It's it, it comes down to, oh, what have people bought in that round? What weapons am I going up against? Mm-hmm. And then the skill level of the opponent. Yeah. With Valorant and the hero abilities and whatnot, they're not so dynamic, but they do change the the gameplay. Uh, they, the heroes themselves are not incredibly dynamic, but they change the gameplay dynamic a lot. Yeah. Just based on their subtle differences that they have between one another. And that that's why I like how it's not full-blown hero shooter like Overwatch is. Yeah. And this, this still, to me... retains that competitive aspect like a CS has. It just adds that slight iterative touch that makes it new, fresh, exciting. I'm taking away from you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. (laughs) I'm just, you should be the one saying it. I'm sorry. No. Um, but you know, I, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you say. Those abilities just change it up enough where like, when you watch the pro teams take a site, uh, in CS, yep. they kind of go about it the same way. Okay, smoke this hall, move here, right. hold this angle. Where this, you can, you know, you can throw the freaking ice down in a smoke, and then you, when you hear the ice crunch, you know they're in the smoke, and you can pre-fire without even looking and hope to get that kill. Right. Um. Like, granted, there's things in CS where you can maybe hear someone's step, but even if they're slow locking in Valorant, you hear that step on that ice, which is pretty cool. Um. One of the things that people... Like this, another reason why this is still so new and there's still so much to learn. So literally watching Lupo stream today uh, and he was playing, um, with, uh, Cloaksy and whatnot, like the people he normally plays with. I forgot who did this, but, um, on one of the maps, there was a wall bangable area that none of them that he was playing with knew about, including him, except the one player who had found it before and actually killed somebody through it. And like, everyone was like, what the fuck? We didn't know he could do that. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I, I got him uh, like 130. Um, I, I shot him. I got two shots on him, one in the body and one in the head. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, just think about how many more little areas like that are on these maps that yeah. nobody knows about. It's balance going to be insane. Yeah, I agree. Um, Playing it right now feels amazing. I like learning all this new stuff. Yep. Um, I've gotten to the point where I've noticed some tendencies about these new players, though. On defense, a lot of people just like to push out. And I feel like we need people need to wait a little bit more. Sure. Um, I've, I've just been seeing it. Let the offense come to you. If they have to usually come through a choke point to get to you, hold that down rather than pushing out into an open area and then you have are either exposed or something. So Have the Cypher use their traps. Have, yep. uh, listen for footsteps. They're fucking loud. <laughs> yes. The biggest thing um, for new players that I've noticed too is they don't slow walk. They just run in. Sound is it's a, huge. It's a you beautiful can, part. You can hear them coming a mile away. Um, 
people don't communicate. Communication's huge. You need communication to be successful in that game. You're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to lone wolf in this. No, you just can't. I nope. mean, if you're, if you're but, a god, but then again, skill based matchmaking is a thing. Yep. Therefore, if even if you are a god, you get matched up against other people of your same skill level, so you're still not going to be able to solo. Right. Um. It's tough. And um. But yeah, I. I don't know. It's just, I, I never got huge into CS. So this is my CS now. Yeah. And I just love it. I'm going to be playing it a lot. I think, I I'm, think it's agreed. Agreed. Yeah. It's the Go match ahead. time is long. Like if you get in a match, it's like, if you goes the distance, you could be there for 40 minutes to an hour. But the beautiful part, the thing that I like the most about that though, is that I always feel as though regardless of how long the game is going, if you're not if if your team is not playing well, the game's gonna go by quickly and you're done. Sure. You can just get in the next one. Yep. Um, if the enemy team is not playing well, you can steamroll them, move on to the next one, right? But if it's not like that, you always feel like you're contributing something. Mm-hmm. And even let's say you you spawn and let's say you die right away, right? You tell the you tell where their position is on the map. Yeah. You are helping no matter what. It's only five v five. So you always are able to help out your team in any scenario, as long as, like you said, are communicating. That's the biggest thing. Well, even so, like if you're playing Brimstone and you smoke off an area right away, but you get picked while doing it, you got smokes down for your team and now they can potentially work around that. Absolutely. Yeah. There's always a build. That's the nice thing about the abilities is that um, you're able to, if you're crypto and you put down traps early in the round, but you try to push out your traps are still there for your teammates to see if they walk into them and, and, you know, reveal their location. Right. So yes, there's a good, I think there's a really good balance with the, with the agents in this game. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the full release at this point. Me too. The thing that I'm going to say about crypto is I think, you know, cypher, cypher, right? Cypher, cypher. maybe. Cypher. I, I think it's cypher. Yeah. Crypto is, uh, Apex Legends yes. camera guy. Cypher. <laughs> Cypher. So I think there could be a potential nerf on Cypher's side where it is cool that you can pick back up oh, yeah. the, the camera and the the trip wires mm-hmm. if they're not in use. Yep. But I personally think that they should probably be a one-time use thing like everybody else's grenades, their uh, Sage's heel or the ice throw or the wall. They're all single-time use things. Mm-hmm. But with his... You can, you pick, can pick it back, it back up, up and then you don't have to buy them next round. Exactly. So I think that should be like a one-time use per round thing. Yeah. Especially when you stick it, it's done. Like the camera has that dart that will reveal your location. Like that's yep, huge. It is. And to be able to pick that up and reuse it again and again, if you survive, if you're in that same location. Yep. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, It's just something I noticed. So uh, what, what, what else would you like to talk about Valorant that you've noticed or. So anything? let's see. I, so I only played the one day yeah, and I played with you and Maddie. Okay. Yep. And, uh, um, profanity and vulgar language aside, um, <laughs> remember what I said to the teammate, if you would have clutched the round. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. You no, didn't clutch the round. I, think I might've scared them. Yeah. I think <laughs> I did too. Um, besides I'm not going to say it on the podcast. Uh, no, in all seriousness, I, so I was a CS watcher. Not a CS player. Okay. You were a watcher, not a goer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, oh my God. Uh, no, but seriously, it, I loved watching CS tournaments because you are watching people who are the top of a game that's been competitive and been out for a long time. So the players that are there are established. 
the teams are established and you know, you are seeing the best of the best. And to me, and having a game that is all literally about gun skill, that's it. Map placement, gun skill done. It's, it's awesome to watch. There's a lot going on in, in a relatively like small thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's awesome to watch Valorant to me, even though I'm not playing every day and even though I have beta access, I'll watch Tim. I'll watch Lupo. I'll watch summit, uh, Cloaksy, all these guys, like all these good players. Mm-hmm. I'll watch them because it's fun to watch. It's awesome to see these new strategies that players come up with that I've never would have thought of before. And like we talked about earlier, this is just scratching the surface, right? Yeah. We don't know how combos will work with certain characters and whatnot because things haven't been tested yet. And like I said, that wall bang that no one knew was there except that one player because he used it before. There's going to be so many more of those types of things yeah. unless they get nerfed or patched out or whatever. We don't know. Um, it's just, it's going to be, people are thinking that, oh, Valorant doesn't look that good to me. It just looks like a ripoffs of CS. Uh, I don't, I don't get the appeal of this. And then you have the other side that's like, Valorant's going to be the next biggest fucking thing since sliced bread. I'm tending to lean on more of that side right now. The game isn't even out yet. None of the players have been paid to talk about the game at all. It's, it's all based off of their love of the game and what they've played. And that's, that says something to me. Yeah. Now people have been talking about, well, riot has a track record with these sort of things. They riot is a company. The point of a company is to make money. Okay. We've talked about that countless times. I'm not going to fault them for wanting to make money. This is a lot of free advertisement for them. Oh yeah. They've been having over 1 million concurrent viewers on Twitch for like a week now. That's how, I mean. I know people are still waiting to get drops, but that's insane. But that's, I wonder how much that will drop off once drops are done. Right. Agreed. And that's what everybody's looking for, right? That's Uh what everyone's waiting on. Um, And the other thing that I'm waiting on is whether or not, um, yeah, just viewership in general, where that's going to drop off on. And then what the competitive scene is going to look like at launch. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of current CS players are playing this right now to test it out. And I feel like from what I've heard, most of them are so ingrained in the, what CS is that this feels wrong to them. Yes. So we might not see major CS players come over, but this is going to make room for new players to make their name. Right. I want to, I honestly would like to see shroud and summit come back and be Valorant pros. That'd be sick. After, you know, historied careers in CS. That'd be awesome. And, um... Well, I think Shroud did say that he was going to do that. Yeah, which, it's amazing. Um... Now, I don't know if that was an April Fool's joke or not. Right. But I I thought he was serious because he put out, like, a twit longer on it. I don't know. That'd be cool. It would be really cool. It would be really cool. Um, and... Yes, the heroes, the agent, whatever you want to call them, it's... Agents, heroes, you yeah. have operators, whatever, from all these right. different games. Legends. Legends. <laughs> um, they, they just, they do. They bring that that other aspect, which keeps it fresh every time. That's one point I wanted to make as well. When you're playing these 40-minute to an hour-long sessions, yeah. it doesn't feel like it. I feel like it's been 10 minutes. Yep. And I'm like, holy, it's midnight, and I'm still playing what? Oops. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, it's crazy how immersed you get in that game. Yeah. And... It's funny because, like, I, I love winning, 
more than anything, right? Yep. But the funny thing is that even when I'm losing, I'm ready to just keep going. I'm ready to play another one. I'm like, get- fuck it. Or there's always... The thing I love probably the most about this, and this is probably goes for CS as well, even though I haven't played it very much, is that you can come back. Oh, yeah. There's always, always an opportunity to come back. If you're down 10 rounds to nothing, you have an opportunity to come back. If you're down 12 rounds to nothing, there's always an opportunity to come back. It takes one play. Yeah. One. And, yeah, I had I was playing last night. And I had this where we started off five and zero, like just hot. Yep. And all of a sudden something flipped, and all of a sudden it's I'm I'm like it's it's like six to four, and I'm like guys, we started off five and zero. What the hell happened? Why are we yep. just crumbling? And um, you can you can see it when sometimes when you start off hot like that, people get too confident, want to try crazy things, and they just doesn't work. Um, and please, um, I ran into one player Uh-oh. that just. So this was this was hilarious. Were you in this game, or maybe it was someone else? I think it was Maddie and Joey okay. that I was with. But okay. this this guy was like trying to tell everyone how to play. Oh no! Once he would would die, and we got into this argument. Like I was like, dude, just let him play. And the guy was like, well, I know how to play the character. He obviously doesn't. I'm like, dude, the game's been out for two days. Like, how do you know? You know everything about this game now? And like, that person died. He, right, he was dead already. Like I. <laughs> so please, if someone wants. The coaching. Yep. Sure. But right. If you're going to like, he, he basically got me killed because he was like trying to like, he was talking while I was the only one on bomb site, sure. two players still alive. And he's like, do this. I'm like, like no. trying to, <laughs> so he kept bugging me. I was like, fine, I'll fucking do it. So I started it. They came around the corner around that instance. I got one tap the same angle. I was watching. I might've been able to get up oh one of the kills if I wasn't, you know what I mean? Right. Like you never know. But no. the fact this dude was like all up, in my ear trying to like get me to play the way he wanted me to play. Right. Just screwed me in that instance. So fuck that guy. I, uh, I've run into, I think he, he was the, be- that one guy was the worst. I've ran into another one as well. That's just trying to, they think they know everything. And I did, sh- I did feel bad cause I shit on a kid because he was doing that as well. Trying to teach us all, all how to play. And then he's like, yeah, I'm streaming right now. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you. Yep. We're going to play the game. I did tune into his stream and it was, it was not good. Well, Hey, well, hey he's trying. It's, it's learning, it learning is. opportunities. That's all it, it was. Is. But the dude, like, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to run into people that are just over cocky. They think they know everything. And sure. I'm like, it's, it's a brand new game. How do you, how well, do that's you... the beautiful part. Is there an option to mute? There, there is an option to mute. Just mute the person to be like, just have them talking to oh, avoid. There you go. They can coach themselves. There you go. That's, I, that's... Good point. Good point. I should have done that. I I just don't think of it mid game because like you want the comms flowing, right? But you're right. If someone's disrupting, mute button's an option. Exactly. There's always uh, next time. But um, what else did you play? Since I I only played Valorant and that little bit of CS. It's okay. No. Uh. So Valorant as well. I like it so far. I'll play more later. Um. Yeah. The game's gonna release in a couple months probably. It's it's this summer. Yeah. So. Stay tuned for that. And what I've heard, they've talked about keeping the beta going as long as they can. That's what I'm thinking. I think it's going to be there until basically release. So, because they want to get as many people in as they possibly can. They want to keep testing the servers, so on and so forth. So, yeah, why not slowly ramp up your servers rather than, you know, cut off your beta where maybe more people that actually wanted to, like, would have played. Right. And then release, and then you have the same crashes, so. Because this definitely, I mean, let's, this is another one of those instances where this isn't really a beta. This is more of a demo. Sure. Because you're so close to launch as it is. Yeah. And it's it's like a demo. 
I mean, realistically. I feel like that's why so many people are mad about the drop process. Sure. Because it is almost a fully polished game. Why not just let it open? I feel like that's what we get a lot, though, nowadays, is betas aren't really betas anymore. They're demos. They are. They are. And, but again, in that article, it all, they also state that the reason why we're not opening the floodgates is because we are trying to do this trickle in effect where we can continue ramp, ramping up and we can continue to see if there's any issues and iron them out before the floodgates open. Yeah. So hopefully that continues and things go well. Um, other things that I played animal crossing, new horizons. I log in every day today, <laughs> today, <laughs> Uh-oh. today I took the, the deliberate time about an hour to, to transfer. So there, you have levels to your Island, Yep. right? Okay. So you get a ladder later on that you can go up to higher levels. So on the main level, which is most of the Island, I took every tree chopped it down. Nope. Oh, and I moved them to one side of the Island. So now when I need to get wood, I just go down, a, down lines, Chop all the trees. Don't chop them down because they don't grow back. Fun right. fact. Um, I just use the the not best. I mean, not the gold one, but like not the, I don't use the steel or whatever. The the flimsy the, axe. Yes. I use the the one upgraded from the flimsy axe because okay. it still hits three times and it still doesn't take down a tree. Um, I make a couple of those. I just go down lines, get all my wood. They're all on one side of the island. So I never have to see them. Because every, like all the houses, the buildings and whatnot are on this side. Mm-hmm. So I just make my rounds here, do what I need to do, go hit some trees. Good to go. It's great. I love it. <laughs> That's what I fucking did today is I moved trees. Whoo, it's fun. It How do you fun. move trees? So you eat fruit. Yep. And you can eat 10 fruit. And you'll see a number go up in the top left corner. Okay. It goes up to 10. Every yep. time you eat a fruit, you get one. Yep. That allows you to either A, dig up a full tree or um, dig up a full rock. Now, you don't want to dig up a full rock because when it respawns, because you can't plant a rock, so when it respawns, it respawns in a different location than it was in before and it's random. Um, But if you dig up a tree, it's the full tree. So when you replant it, it's the full tree already. Oh, okay. It doesn't have to grow. So yeah, I literally just kept eating my fruit on my island, dug up every motherfucking tree. Do you need all them. ten to move a tree? No, just okay. one. You only need oh, one. Okay, okay. But I would just eat ten at a time and so then, then you move would ten ha- trees. Gotcha. Yeah. Hot diggity damn. That's what I would do. It was oh, it was riveting. Um, but no, I'm glad it's done because now I have just a very easy thing to do every day. Yeah. And get all my routine stuff done. I've uh, I've fallen off on Animal Crossing a little have bit. You? It's okay. But I, I I enjoy it so much. I've just been so. In the Valorant that I haven't touched Animal Crossing. That's fine. The The beauty now is now is the best time to get back into it because the Bunny Day event's over. Yeah. So no more of that egg bullshit. I was so annoyed. It's bad. It was bad. Um. So no more of that. It's done. Good. Um. Other stuff I played. Elder Scrolls Online. I played it for like a half hour because I'm getting back into it. Uh. We'll see. It's it's something that I can play on a laptop or just uh, on the living room desktop with a controller. Like I don't have to do mouse and keyboard for that MMO. Um, Final Fantasy seven remake. It came out. Mm-hmm. I have my annoyances with it. Uh, things I've talked about include, well, let's talk about the good first. This will be quick. The good, the music is phenomenal. Like it's, I was telling Dom today, 
this is probably the best video game music I've heard or some of the best music I've heard all year. Bar none. Like it's that fucking good. And then, um, the game looks incredible. Um, this is coming from somebody who has never played through the original final fantasy seven. So I'm going to say that, but it's holy hot. Damn. That music is unbelievably good. Um, but the not so good. So while I like the combat a lot and the switch to like a real time combat system, mm-hmm. there's no jump in the game. So if you're fighting an enemy above you, if you go to attack it, your character will zoom up into the air and try to attack the enemy. But let's say that enemy moves right as you try to attack it. Well, then you go back down and then you have to go back over and hit again and go back up. What if it moves? And it's a constant problem. But my biggest annoyance so far is the camera. Mm -hmm. So during combat, since it's in real time, the camera is pulled pretty close to you on your character. Yep. It's a third person, but it's pulled pretty close. And the problem is, is that since enemies move so quickly, the camera doesn't know what the fuck to do. And in close situation, like in close quarters, it's, it's atrocious. You can't follow anything. That leads me in my other big gripe, big gripe, which is, uh, auto aim. So when you, when you, or, uh, auto lock. Yeah. Locking onto a target, right? Yeah. It doesn't do it to the closest one next to you. It fully bases it off of what you're looking at at the time. Oh. But the problem is because enemies move so fucking quickly, when you try to lock onto one, it might not do the one you want to do, like 90% of the time for me is what it feels like. And then when you flick the stick left or right, the right stick, it'll go to the next one that you, like, it'll keep switching until you have the one that you want. Yeah. But the problem is with there's so many enemies, it doesn't necessarily go to the one you want. It's just really minor annoyances that add up really quickly. So, but yeah. Overall, I'm still enjoying it. I can't wait to beat it. And I've heard that the ending is motherfucking bonkers. So, and again, I have not played through the original and I know that the story is slightly different and there are added things to this, but apparently the ending is bonkers. And for those who don't know, Final Fantasy VII Remake, this is the first of many, um, this is like an episodic or segmented game. So, in the original Final Fantasy VII, um, the Midgar section would take four to five hours. Four to five hours. Mm-hmm. Okay? This Final Fantasy VII remake that just came out is the Midgar section, but it's 35 to 40 hours. They expanded a four to five hour section in the original game to a 35 to 40 hour section in this. So... Just keep that in mind. But so far, I'm still enjoying it a lot. Um, And then Valorant, which we talked about. And then Halo 5 Guardians and MCC, we played for the community play date. It was a good time. Silo shit on Halo 4. I was really good at it. Uh, I shit on Halo Reach, and Silos was really good at it. So there's that. <laughs> um, Yeah, it was a good time. That's all I got. All right. Will, it's time for some shoutouts. First and foremost, shout out to everyone who joined in the community playdate. It was fantastic. Love it every time. And then happy belated birthday to Veronica, uh, Floppy or Floppy, and Neptune. So happy belated birthdays to you guys. Um, and then also, you know what? Let's just include them right here, right now. Shout out to our brand new uh, subscribers. 
the only Neeb and Recon Slayer. Thank you guys so much. And then shout out to our new followers as well. Compassion, thank you so much. Uh, Vatozira, thank you so much. Fiber Optics, Enigma, uh, Search, uh, Marmar, Max Chill, The Only Neeb, and then Hero Spartan. I think those are the ones we did not get from last episode. Correct. So... Thank you guys so much for following the stream. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for the brand new subs as well. Hot diggity damn. That's awesome. It's all good. Big fish or pink. I'm just going to call you pink. It's easier for me. <laughs> um, yeah. That's it for the shout outs. Will community creations. We got some. Yes. Halo memes every day. Shout out, all day. Shout out to you again, Will, for including this. Reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Halo memes. Check them out if you want the memes of the Halos. Next up, Onset is looking for clips. Also, shout out to Onset. He got verified on Twitter. Uh, this is my Onset. Also, Dan Gaskin, shout out to you. You got verified on Twitter too. So here's a question for the Halo community. What do you think is the best Halo tournament play of all time? Submit your entries below or use the hashtag, hashtag T5HaloPlays. We'll make a video on the most popular responses. Let the discussion begin. Again, don't send them to us. Send them to Onset. The, the link to the tweets in the Google Doc of the show to the show. Can I send them the controller disconnect? <laughs> Please. Do, uh, Please, do horrible. Please do it. Please do it. And then at Spartan as well. At Spartan, please. at Spartan Race. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. oh, please do it. Um... Next up, the intense Europa 2v2 league match versus De Niro. This is by Batchford over on YouTube. Check that out. We have two secret slide techniques to move faster in Halo 5. This is by Shyway. Check out that YouTube video. And then also, I did not include it here. I should probably go search for it. Um, Shyway also did, on his recent stream over the weekend, a full map breakdown on Plaza. All the jumps, all the slides... All the little mechanics, little hidden things on Plaza. Yeah. Did a whole stream dedicated to that map. Fantastic. Then we have the Halo Community Spotlight by Snickerdoodle. We have Paul Shee's Twitch uh, clip compilation number three by Paul Shee, of course. We have Clips of the Week number 49 by High Tech Redneck. And then finally, we have Real Life Spartan announces a new Spartan to the family. This is by Real Life Spartan on Twitter, and I quote, our little Spartan girl has arrived. Heidi was born at 12.51 this morning. Shout out to my wife for being so damn strong during this wild ride. We're pumped to be parents. Thank you, everyone, for the support and love. Stay safe and strong, Spartans. Congratulations. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Have fun with the little girl. Mine's a motherfucking handful. Um, but no, I think you guys are going to be great parents. Good luck to you. And if you need advice, don't ask me. Actually, don't ask anybody for parenting advice. That's my parenting advice. Don't ask people for parenting advice and don't accept other people's parenting advice either. Just going to throw that out there. Um, and hopefully you've already heard that from others. And if you have not, well, now, you, now you've heard it. Will. Yes. That's all I got. We've made it. We've made it. It's been a great time. I love being here with you. And uh, there's only one thing left for you to do. And that's. I won't stall any longer. Please plug the show. You can find us on your favorite podcast services. We're on pretty much all of them besides iHeartRadio because that's a, a inclusive community there. iHeartRadio. Uh, and um, SiriusXM. We're not on that shit either. No, no. It's okay. We're not satellite yet. You know who is though? Um, The, oh my God. Something Howard. 
Ron Howard, Howard, Howard Stern, Howard Stern, the Howard Stern uh, yeah. show. Uh, Tom Brady was on it. Really? Yeah. First time ever. Interesting. Yep. Two hour, like like two hour long discussion. Yeah. Yeah. He, he talks about penises. I mean, uh, yeah. It was awesome. Like it was genuinely <laughs> awesome. He swore. Tom Brady. Yeah, you're Tom. Yeah, you're Tom Barry. Tom Barry. Tom, Tom Barry. Brady. Yeah, <laughs> you're Tom Brady. Oh my Put god. Put out curse words, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, that shit's insane. Highly recommend it. All right. Yeah, we do have a Discord. Find the link in the Google Doc of the show notes of the show. You can do exclamation point show notes to get that Google Doc. You can also do exclamation point Discord. Or that. Yeah, <laughs> that, you can that do works. like for all of these, basically. Um, we have our Xbox Club or Spartan Company. Come find us on Halo Waypoint. Um, socials. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Search for us there. We are also on Esportspedia. And we have our very own website. We do. HGSProTalk.com. Check it out. Check it out. It's bare bones. It's bare bones, but hey, it's there. It's being worked on, all right? You know, we'll <laughs> get there. It is. And then uh, Pink says, dude, the setup is super cool. First time seeing it in full. Thank you. Thank you very much. This is our custom-made studio. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. A lot of work. It, we got oh my there. God, it was a lot of fucking work. We got there. It was it was years, right? Years? Wait. I mean. Over a year in the making? For I mean, if you want to go back to when you first started. Yeah. Yeah. Because our plan was to have something like this. Since the, the beginning. The beginning. <laughs> yeah. So it was like over a year. Yeah, sure. Um, The same room as 2016? No, no. no, no, no. I'm in a new house. This is this is uh, my new house we're in. This is definitely not that same fucking room. Funny note. Uh, so that that first room we recorded in was um, I was watching grandparents' house while they were on vacation, and we were just downstairs in this large basement. Yeah, we had to have the mics turned down so low because the reverb was so bad. We used blankets. We used blankets on well, chairs. Like, on chairs to like prevent sound reverb. I was like, use the green screen for sound reverb as well. Yeah, yeah. Because there was, there was also a giant fireplace, so we had to cover up because it was real. It had the chimney or whatever that went up. Yeah. Had to fucking stop all that reverb. It was nuts. It but, was insane. Yeah. What a fucking time to be alive. What a time. Hey, we we got it going. And you know what? The, the audio sounded great. Uh, it it so, did. It sounded... I Okay. Dude, you go back and listen to those episodes, they did not sound bad at all. All right. But yes, that's all That's all I got. Awesome. Um, Pocket Cast. Oh yeah, you gotta <laughs> I gotta put it in there. Um all right. I I don't really have anything else either. Well then Josh, close out the show. Will, did you just type something in chat? Oh no, that's Vicky. No. It looked ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Hey Vicky. What's up? See, yeah. Sorry, I was like, I, I didn't see the misses in there. My bad. Uh wires everywhere, remember that? Yeah, it was Don't talk about <laughs> Yeah. Um. All right, that's all I got, ladies and gentlemen. That's gonna do it for episode 122 of HCS Pro Talk. I want to thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week, uh, potentially at the normal start time. We'll have to wait and see. Um, uh, talking about more things Halo related and probably more Valorant because that's gonna be the biggest thing since sliced bread. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, thank you very much. Thank you all for the new follows, the new subs, all that fun stuff. Thank you all very much for listening. And if you're catching this in the audio version, thank you for listening as well. Um. We'll be back next week. Talk about more Halo. But until then, bye-bye.